Hello and welcome back to episode number nine. Oh, nine or ten, I can't remember. Anyway, the one that you're listening to that would have been listed as, I think it's nine. My goodness. Yes, it is nine. Um, hello. Thank you for joining me again. I hope all is well in your world. Um, and uh, I want to jump straight in today um, because I have quite a long interview with Mr. Stuart Saint, star of stage and... Uh, director, performer, cabaret, creator extraordinaire. Um, and his story is fascinating. And um, I'm sure I just want to share it as one podcast this week. I'm going to do it as one um, because I just don't want to break the flow of it. We do have a third visitor that stops in to say hello. A third guest. Um, so listen out for that special guest halfway through. Anyway, um, so I want to jump straight into that. But a couple of things today um, before we jump in with Stuart is um, obviously most of you are probably aware of the um, the situation in Chechnya um, over in Russia. And it's appalling. There's nothing else to be said. It's a terrible, terrible state of affairs that in 2017, um, as far as we know at the moment, the the, the reports are that there have been at least 100 men rounded up and put into a... People are calling it a concentration camp. Who knows what exactly is going on? But if people... if Even, you know, there's no smoke without fire, so something pretty horrific is going on over there. Um, the uh, There is possibility that there's been... I mean, you know, again, this is, uh, you know, who knows, but the people are talking about possibility of, of, of mass murders. There's been murders confirmed already. But this is all, and, and apparently it's all on suspicion of being gay. So it's not even, not that that makes it any better or, but it's, it's so who knows? It's, it's, it's just to put the whole thing is completely appalling. And in 2017, in this world, we shouldn't be stand for it. It's a tough world we live in, I know. But this time I do need to mention this. Um, there have been protests in London outside the Russian embassy um, uh, the last couple of days, and uh, this needs to be happening everywhere. Um, something that you can do is go to change.org. I know some people don't believe in, in, in those kind of websites, but I think hear your voice uh, let the world hear your voice let's hear your voice let's stand up to this stuff and if that's all you know you can do because you're not uh, near an embassy or this is something this is a definite positive move you can make and hopefully make a change so it's change.org um and you're petitioning against yuri chaichka who is the prosecutor general of russia and Yuri is uh, Y-U-R-Y, and uh, the surname is C-H-A-I-K-A, and uh, that is the Prosecutor General of Russia. If you go into change.org and put Chechnya, I'm sure it'll be the first thing you come to, but just in case you do have trouble searching, I will endeavour to put a link at the end um, of the podcast on all the links uh so please do have a look there anyway please jump in and let's not let this happen this can't happen it's appalling anyway serious moment over um fun thing before we jump in with Stuart. my my this this week's recommendation it's a quick one 
as I say, want to get moving on. But it's um, a show that I've been watching uh, that I've heard uh, from, I think, two other podcasts, people recommending it. Um, and I went to it, and it's just what the world needs right now. It's um, It just is uh, it, it's wonderful. It's called Shits Creek. And Shits is spelt S-H-I-T-T-S. Shits Creek. And it's on Netflix. I don't know if it's anywhere else in the US or anywhere else in the world, but definitely in the UK. I'm watching it on Netflix. Um, and it's written by Dan Levy, who is, uh, is a comedian who is the son of Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy, most people will know, anyone who's watched any films in the last 20 years. Um, he writes a lot, writes and stars in films by Christopher Guest. Um, but he is also... Uh, very well known for playing uh, Noah Levenstein in all the American Pie movies. He's been all in all eight of them. He's the only character that's been in every single American Pie movie. He's the dad. And I need to say that, and I need to say no more, because as soon as I say that, you know exactly who I mean. Anyway, it's him, and he's uh, produced it as well, um, but it's his son that's written it. I think he's co-written some of the episodes. His daughter's also in it, um, playing a waitress. And... I don't want to give too much away, but it's about a family who are uh, super rich Manhattanites who lose everything within the first few minutes of the first episode. And they discover that, well, it becomes apparent that uh, the father has bought the son for a joke down the line. This town, this small town, very small town in Nowheresville called Shits Creek. And so that's all they have. And so they have to move there. And antics ensue. It's it's great, and it's complete escapism, and it's silly, and it's proper sitcom, and it's really clever, and some of the acting is wonderful. Um, the whole cast is great. So anyway, that's my recommendation for this week. Um, also, finally, podcastland.com. Go in and vote, because I'm in the top ten. It's been noted to me today that I'm in the top ten on their list. So even if I just made it as a recommendation for the week, jump in and vote podcast podcastland.com a beginner's guide to a 40-something gay man please go ahead and vote i will be ever thankful also you can now write reviews and apparently it's easier on itunes but you have to sign in you have to you can't just go if you're subscribed to me you can't just go from your subscription page you have to go back and type in the episode as though you were searching regardless and then you can click on reviews. It'll ask you to sign in through Apple and then you can write a review. And I'm told it's fairly straightforward. Also, if you're SoundCloud listeners, please go and give me a positive review on SoundCloud. Um, we're trying to up the ante and I've got some very exciting guests and very exciting things happening in the next few months. So uh, I'd appreciate all your help. Anyway, it's time to jump in and meet Mr. Stuart Saint. Hello, Stuart Saints. <laughs> there we go. That's a start, Hi, isn't it? Yeah. Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm great. Thank you. Just like we haven't been here already and talked for an hour. Yes, I know. Right. And eating macaroons. Uh, eating macaroons, yeah. like with Victoria would. Mm-hmm. So, Stuart, yes, for right. our audience who don't know you, everyone probably does know you because, you know, you know, around the world. <laughs> <laughs> the Festivals world, from the world. The world of Mill Hill. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and now Ellsfield. Yes, and Ellsfield. Not that we should be revealing where you live. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, tell us 
all about you, your age, where you were born. Oh my god. Okay, we were and as long, like as, long as you're, you're, you're happy. Right? Okay, so oh my god, so I'm 39. <laughs> so young. Oh my god, 39. So um, I don't know how I friggin' got here. I get that. Um, uh, 39. Um, so I was born in 78. I know. So I'm a late. I think I'm. I think we're classed uh, class as Gen X, Generation X. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank God, not a millennial. I couldn't be a millennial. Oh no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no offense to them, but yeah. I mean every no, offense no, to them. You do. <laughs> you hate them. I hate them. So, I don't hate them. I just want to smack them because I'm really jealous and envious of them. Exactly. That's yeah. what it it's is. All jealous. I'm just bitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah uh, Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Oh my God. Uh, and I was born. I was, we should, so it's really weird. I was born. So I feel like a bit of a crossbreed. I was. I was born here in London. So yeah. I'm technically a North. I was born so in Barnet. Yeah. So born in Barnet. Okay. So I'm technically a North. Londoner, which uh-huh. is really which you wouldn't think so. Um, I don't actually like North. I'm not a fan of North London. I like my West on myself. Okay, like Southwest. Um, uh, and but so my mother, mother's side of the family is more southern, but my father's side of the family is northern, like proper like Manchester, like northern, northern Stockport yeah. that way. So we lived in Mill Hill for a very short period of time because my parents used to run news agencies. So this is back in the day when a husband and wife team used to run a news agency. Oh yeah, and a news agent was a news agent. Yeah. Do you remember it was on the parade of shops where you had the grocer, the butcher, the chip shop, the knitting shop? There was always a wall shop. Did you have sweet jars? Yeah, yeah, sweet and you wouldn't sell milk in the news. Agents. It was literally yeah. news and sweets. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit of stationery yeah. and a few toys, like a doll that peed herself if you squeezed the tummy or whatever. I can't remember. Do you remember <laughs> them? Tiny tears. Tiny tears. And you have to change nappies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, my, so yeah, um, milk. So I've, you know, I've not ever since moving back to London, like 14, 15 years ago. Like I've not been, been. But it used to be a news agent on Mill Hill Broadway. I want to say it was eighty nine Mill Hill Broadway. Um, but we less. But I've not been back. So I'd did love you, to go. And did you live above the shop? Yeah, I don't remember that that Mill Hill that much. Yeah, yeah. And then we moved to Manchester, and yeah. we lived in several places in Manchester. Right. So I'm a bit of a. I say, especially when I'm choreographing, I say dancers, the dancers. <laughs> I say both. I'm I'm really messed up. <laughs> so Mill Hill schooling? No, no, no. I was so like, we by by a year old gone. So you didn't do school in London? Yeah. So school in Manchester. Yeah. And I was very much. It was Manchester, like when like Corrie was Corrie yeah 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 and it was like it was very much Hilda yeah we lived in a place called Ermston which everyone knows from the Victoria Woods get and dinner ladies oh, I'm yes. from Ermston me yes there's yes. two ways to get there oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. and we also lived on the Chester Road we ran an these agents on Chester Road and a souvenir shop from Manchester United which is right on the side of Old Trafford ah. and the players used to come in so Matt Busby and all those kind of people used to come in like back in the day I know get me doing sports really ref- I'm doing sports references there is a photo of me somewhere in a sports kit which is really quite scary <laughs> um, and then from Manchester so I was very much a very I always say I was a, I was a Tracy Barlow you know <laughs> I was really like mam I really really want me some jelly and I'm going upstairs to play on <laughs> tapes yeah that was that was like very like and she went for player tapes and didn't come back done for four years yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing yeah. but it was very much like yeah. that and then we moved we moved about to odd places but then we settled in Stafford so West uh, Midlands okay. so yeah, there's a bit yeah, of Brummie yeah, yeah. in there as well yeah and that's where it comes from so I'm a right old mixture so you're a bit of a mix yeah I was going to so, swear then but I always swear you can swear <laughs> swear totally please. fucked up we're, yeah absolutely <laughs> we're explicit well, we're not explicit, but we can be. We can be um, So, school yeah. all over. I went to a lot of schools. 
so you, you did you ever set was there any school that so what realistically Staffordshire did you like Stafford school is yeah it? I did but when we went to Stafford we were there for quite a long time and we moved we used to live on a parade of shops like and, and all of that and Northampton Manchester was very I don't I want to be cruel by saying deprived but it was but we were happy mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't have a lot like we used to like because there was a lot of family on either the south or the north but when we were up north when we lived up there um like for instance the my uncles and aunties were up there and grandparents so like they would run my dad would run the news agent Sunday morning and that's when it used to open like 6am and yeah, be shut yeah. by 11 like it was just morning news on a Sunday yeah no. none of this 24 hour bullshit and so my dad would do that mum would make the pat lunch and we'd all get in the car with the other family members as well and we'd go to Blackpool for the day in the summer and we used to do that every like I've, I've done the donkey ride I've got glass in my foot I've been lost on the pleasure beach <laughs> like I've done I like TikTok it's amazing back when Blackpool was you had a, what was do it you a windbreaker I remember the windbreaker and changing I've underneath never, the towel I, I, I've, got, I've never been oh my god Bright, Brighton was my Blackpool okay. was the closest so yeah, kiss me quick hats but and, yeah, yeah, and same. sticks of rock and all of that. Yeah. It was like proper, like, and I remember seeing like a stormtrooper and being really scared of it in Blackpool and um, <laughs> seeing some weird puppet show. But that's where, this is what um, my boss, the producer at Leicester Square Theatre with the Pantos, he's always like, where does all this comedy come from? Yeah. And it comes from like end of peer shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. brought up on those Northern comics. My dad really got me into uh-huh. those. Um, and we saw a lot of end of peer stuff and that kind of thing. And, sure. and all those, that, I suppose being a child of the 80s then so the variety shows the Sunday Night the Palladium New Faces uh-huh. all that kind of stuff we used to watch which then probably mixed with the kind of the alternative comedy that we were also getting through and you yeah. a bit experiencing slightly yeah because I used to stay up late and watch Alexis Sale when I was a kid Alexis <laughs> Sale and obviously Young Ones and yeah. And Frenchy yeah. Saunders in there early. But days. I was I was more into like Vicky Wood and that kind of stuff. But right. then one thing was really weird, and maybe I shouldn't say this because yeah, I suppose no. it borderlines on child abuse. My dad <laughs> used to watch Chubby Brown, Roy Chubby Brown, Ooh. right? This is back in the day though, right? When it was obviously not acceptable, but it was then like Oh yeah. And Jim uh, Davison and things like that. And yeah. I mean, who knows where Jim Davison stands now? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> well I worked for him. I, I see? did his pantos. That's why I learned Adam Panto was there. Um but um uh, um, what am I saying? So, um, yeah. So the twisted side can come because I was, I'd heard some stuff, and I'm a big fan of Madonna, and she was completely controversial at that time as well. And she liked him. Did you know? Well, no, she liked Chubby Brown. Uh, I'm sure it was him played at their wedding. No. Guy Ritchie. Oh, Guy Ritchie. Guy okay. Ritchie. Impl- I'm pretty sure. It's... Like his stuff is really controversial, but he was funny. He's funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm really twisted though. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Like yeah. Dark humor. I, I mean, I haven't heard it or watched it for years. Yeah, I I'm sure now, it's... now it's completely wrong. But back in back then, yeah, it was... I think, I think we should. Well, we won't do it now. But Google, I'm pretty sure he played it. That's hilarious. I know because it's probably working men's club. Like, but it was the Bernie Manning, the modern Bernie Manning, wasn't it? Like the working men's club. Yeah. That kind of like. That was sort of why we went to. The, I remember going to the pubs. We always used to go to pubs called the Nags Head in Manchester. <laughs> I was just there was all of yeah, them were called the Nags yeah, Head, yeah, yeah. and like yeah, it, it was just that was the vibe. No, absolutely, absolutely. That was the vibe. I still, I think, even though I kind of, I suppose it's similar in some ways. Like well, you know, when Slough is like you know, now it's just a bit you know run down. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose my influences are similar. Like I was talking the other day. About Les Dawson and yeah, that kind of stuff. And Roy Barraclough. Roy Barraclough. They used to do Sissy and Ada, right? Exactly, over the wall. Um, all that kind of 
I love that. Bob Monkhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah was it, what was it? Opportunity Knox. I knew Faces in Marty Kame. Do you remember Nina Mishkoff? Is it Mishkow? Mishkow? Yeah. She was yeah, like yeah, the yeah, evil yeah. judge, wasn't she? Yeah. She was the Simon Cowell of her day. Marty Kane. <gasps> God rest her soul. Marty Kane. This is the seminar. This is anyway. Yes. Faith so Evans, we... Is it Faith Evans, the comedian? Faith... Do you remember Faith Evans? She's Faith still Evans. good Joan Rivers. Can we talk? Is she all... She's also a rapper. Yes. But I think And a musical theatre. She Evans... goes to musical theatre comedy. I saw her in Summer Holiday when it, that happened on stage, I think. Faith. Faith Brown. Faith Brown, that's it. Faith Evans is it's just a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a country singer. And a country singer. Yeah, that, there's another Faith Evans. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, Faith Brown. That's it. So there we go. <laughs> she used to be like, Google all these people yeah. if you're too young. Because <laughs> you probably are. Know your history. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. As you were saying last week about how controversial, whether it's controversial to like uh, and be influenced by... The sitcom characters and I was talking um, to uh, Andrew about John Inman yeah. and the character in Are You Being Served and those kind of characters aye, and aye. that people say oh oh it's not a good representation but I found them funny and they were strong and they were fierce yeah but that's because everyone and now everyone has to be a representation it's just a person it's just one exactly. person they're not writing it to go we are going to write this exactly. character they to represent to be, yeah. it really pisses yeah, me off uh, RuPaul was talking about this actually about like people like oh you're not representing by not making a fat queen win and it's just like because they're not talented enough yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely oh, that drives well I, I, I was going to say something I'm like oh it's controversial <laughs> well because I, I, well, I work for Pride's Got Talent yeah and it's like they're really Pride are amazing and mm-hmm. diversity like so amazing to make sure that every box is ticked and everybody Everybody, like LGBT and their allies, like yeah, QIA, yeah, yeah. like the whole lot yeah. is included. And um, I know there was a little bit of possible controversy because the winners of both contests last year and the runners up were all male. And there was one heterosexual male. Uh, and, but I was like, but they were the most talented. So, yeah. you know what I mean? And so everyone was allowed to enter. I mean, oh. but sometimes, but there's that argument, isn't it? Going, but we're not being representative. It's like, but my argument is, if you don't feel that you're not being representative, don't moan about it on Facebook. Go out there and represent. Well, then do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and don't complain about other people doing it. We're such like a, a, a world of whingers and moaners. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to be heard. And it's like, great, you've got opinion, but then do something about do, it. Don't do just it. sit there and... Be like us. <laughs> Either go on stage and whinge or just whinge to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Is what we, which is what our job is today. As RuPaul says, be the change that you want to see. Exactly. No, but it's true. It's, it's, it's true, though. It's really true. It's just, it's very simple, but people yeah. make it more difficult. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I, oh, I'm a big Sue Pollard fan. No, exactly. Like, oh, oh my God. Calm. She was amazing in, um, and who was the, in Heidi High, who was the, the ballroom couple? And he was, oh, he was um, so camp, wasn't he? Was he God. called Howard? Howard! Yes. And he was yeah, like, oh dear, you old bag. He was called an old bag or something. Yeah. It was really, you couldn't say that now, but it was yeah. it was brilliant. And that's why I really, I got really annoyed when people, I get I still get annoyed when people diss Miranda. Right, For okay. simplicity, yeah. because that whole genre of what she did uh-huh. was a big nod to Ivy and Served, Faulty Towers, um... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Heidi High, um, Sorry. Do you remember Sorry? Sorry. Timothy? Oh my God. Um, uh, butterflies. Corbett. Uh, yeah, oh, Only Falls and Horses. It was like a nod to all those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're more common wise looking at the camera. Yeah. And she was she was paying homage to all of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people were like, oh, but it's dated. I'm like, why? But, but it was so popular. Exactly. And it's the same so with Mrs. Brown Boys as well. Doing, Everyone slates doing it. Doing something right. But it does really then, well. You know, people, yeah, exactly. That's interesting. No, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. It's the, actually, it's the old school stuff in comedy that people are... I haven't even dawned on it. Because it's fun. 
It's well, so yeah, much yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Did you see like Dawn French has taken on a little big shots, which is that it's a it's a program that Ellen produces. It's no. a talent show for these oh, kids. Oh, d- 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 yeah, I'm aware of it. Like yeah, really, yeah. and Dawn French is the host. Yeah, and. Like all her jokes are all the same. All the right. jo- it's also it's basically as if she was talking to Jennifer because Jennifer was a big yeah. kid anyway, and Dawn is a big kid, so yeah, it yeah, works yeah. perfectly. But it, to me, it's not boring because it's fun. And Vicky would really, as much as she was groundbreaking and did amazing stuff, she used to tell a swore figure joke all the time oh, yeah. and uh, something about Heritage Center that was always in there. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was the same, yeah, but yeah. no one complained. Coach parties. Oh yeah, yeah, you know it's that because that's what you love them for. But exactly, I think people, know, especially. Not going to go into depthy politics, uh, well, world politics right now. We can do later if we feel it, but it's not. But I think that kind of humour is, is, is everyone wants to like heartedness, everyone wants to laugh. Yeah, just anyway. You need to be taken out of your world. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, that so was. We've got, got Rob. Well, how do we get aggression? Um, <laughs> so, school, um, so, school, your experience of school. Tell me about school. Horrible. Kind of, you just generally. So did you do well at school? I did until the bullying started to really take effect. I got bullied like hugely, and Which I went was, to. How old were you? When or that? from like very young? Yeah, I was called a, a girl when I was really young in primary school, mm. and then when you get to secondary school, it turned into puff and gay and all yeah. of that. So because your voice was different, I acted effeminate, and also I had a massive beauty spot which my parents had removed. That's what the scar is on my face. You know, I never knew. That. Yeah, I know, I know, and I always forget about the scar now. And um, so I, I found out recently it was removed because they thought a little boy shouldn't have a beauty spot so I'm a bit upset by that because I would like to have still had it I think but it was it also did change colour a bit what was it I used to be called Stuart Lee's Technicolor Dream Mole for a while because it did go different colours (laughs) fucking children Oh, yeah. I kind of like that for a bit, but yeah, it was the. Yeah, yeah. But then, unfortunately, because my parents moved around quite a bit for a while, I went to quite a few secondary schools. I went to about three, mm-hmm. not because I was bullied, but in every single one I got bullied. And I didn't. I was, now I look back, I, I wish I'd learned the lesson of when I went to a new school to start. But I went, and they they, they found that weakness, and they picked on me, and I cried and got upset instead of standing up to them. Yeah. When I hit to my sixth form. Um, I'd come out and I'd not so much to my parents but to my friends and I was going out on the gay scene by that time at six form yeah wow and, okay that's um, yeah because I was 15, 16 that was against the law but yeah and well, <laughs> well yeah. people everyone, everyone at that age was going clubbing yeah um, yeah so I was going out um, so and, where were you going when you say you well were this going? was in Northampton I lived in okay. Northampton and I was going to the local when I finally because a friend of mine my really best friend at school he came out to me and I didn't come out to him it was really weird um, and then when I finally came out to him, then he took me to the local gay club, and then that was that was that was the beginning. There was no turning back after that. But um, what music were you hearing? Oh my god! So this remember, is, so was... this is early. This is late eighties, early nineties, wasn't it? So I was into my, so I was really into my dance music. So Sister Bliss. Can't get a man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't yeah, get a yeah, job. Yeah. Can't, do you remember that? Can't get a man, can't yeah, get a job. Yeah. Sister was King Rollo, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and Sleeze Sisters. When not Sleeze Sisters doing friggin' steps remixes, we're talking about yeah. Let's Whip It Up. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh. Let's just a whole yeah, world of time. Google it, people, time Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. this kind of music. So I was really into sort of that kind of garagey, housey dance music, high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, Hazel Dean, which <laughs> then I got to choreograph for her years later. Which is real weird full circle. You worked with Hazel D? Yeah, I was her choreographer for three years. Um, oh my god! Hazel is adorable. Um, double L. Um, <laughs> Miss Dean is, and I learned a lot from that lady. She's uh-huh. phenomenal. Um, and that was like a full circle thing. Um, Why? Well, I just got to stop, go stop because, because that's, I think I'm going to have to have She's a the queen whole of high energy. Hazel Dean podcast with you. 
we're going to have to come back on that because that's you can't just drop that and run but well it's true I did it and I was in my early 20s as well okay so anyway we, we, we have to come back to Hazel Bean because wow. which by the way you know, I think it's, people don't know who the hell she is but she sort of was the forefront of um, dance music of high energy dance yeah, music yeah. Um, a white woman doing a soul singing which was really weird well, it was her and Divine and yeah um, and then yeah and Cha Cha Hills remember Cha Cha Hills yeah 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 and yeah. And also she was the first ever top four hit for Stop Getting a Woman with yeah. Whatever I Do Wherever I Go oh my god first yeah. ever top four hit for them everyone forgets about Hazel they just come they, they come in because Kylie. she was because it was Kylie yeah but it was Hazel that sort of paved the way and because mm. pop sort of came in and high energy was on the cusp and then that turned into dance which then later yeah, came yeah, in yeah, yeah. and then took over from the budgetary guard pop princess kind of stuff yeah yeah but like yeah it was yeah but I love my uh, yeah but I love my pop too I'm a, a shameful Steps fan. <laughs> Who have come back. Yes. You I've already it? learned it. You've learned it. Arms. Let's get it. We're doing it. But also, have you seen the video? Just. It's like, hilarious. Have you seen Lisa ago. Scott Lee goes out of time and so does Lee. It's so funny. No. It's the best thing ever. There's a shot. because are getting on though. Yeah, but there's a shot and they're in this little pyramid and it's down to the camera angle but it looks like that Lisa's a detached from the group. <laughs> <laughs> well, <and then>. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like she's a god, and she's the dancer because she's not the vocalist. And um, so sorry, did I say that? Um, <laughs> she's so, very good, I'm sure. So yeah, she's very good. Um, so she's like, she's like, detached from the group, and then there's this one bit, and they're all doing it with the arms bit into the never, and it looks like Lee's forgotten it. It's so funny. But there was something. But I, I can't believe that made the edit. It the was final edit. It was like, running around. No, it's 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 Lee running around. Somebody, I think it was um, I think it was Pop Justice said he looks like he's lost in the Tate Modern, <laughs> and he's just running around these walls and looking at walls. So, you know, they did and they they they, they do that projection of that that stars burning on uh-huh, here. Uh-huh. Someone's done a gif. My friend, I think it's Christopher Clegg has done it. He's brilliant, Christopher. And he's done uh-huh. this thing as like a Gaveston advert because it looks like Harper. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So they're back. <laughs> so yeah, steps. But yeah, got. I'm a big fan of Faye. I got to meet Faye a few years ago when I did Saucy Jack with Facebook. Since of course, she came and saw course. it because she was in it, because and then she came it. and saw it. And she was so lovely to come and see. It. I didn't think she would. Yeah, yeah. And I totally queened out on her, which was not good for the director of the show. But I queened wow. out on her. And then she, I held her hand, and she was talking to me, and I was just got my jaw was open, <laughs> and she's like, "Are you okay?" And I went, "I'm so sorry, but like you're my favorite one." <laughs> and she just kind of went, "It's okay." And I went, and then that was it. The fun, I went, "Oh my god, you're my favorite, and I love you in deepest shade of blue." And tried to do you, you dragged uh, lots of blue. And do you remember that day you were ill? You didn't go and go in live, and they had a dolly of you, and all. <laughs> she oh, just and she went, "I'm going for a cigarette," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I didn't realize you were that. Like, wow. I love okay. Faye's my favorite step. Okay. I didn't like the rest of the steps. <laughs> I don't like Moomin's step, step or Wooden step or, or the middle okay. step. Yeah, naughty Moomin. step, <laughs> Moomin step, Moomin step. Claire, she looks like a Moomin, and now looking really hot and attractive. She's I'm always sure. been hot and attractive. I know, but I know what she's you mean. She's, she's just, her voice is still there, man. What a voice! No, but they do look well. Of course, they're older because they are. We're all older. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, let's we'll come back to steps and Hazel Dean. Oh my god. Woo! Um, Hazel Dean, that's then. the one. I'm sorry, you, you're coming back for that one. You've Great. completely thrown me now. <laughs> that's the whole podcast gone down. I do. When you get to choreograph searching for Hazel um, Dean, it's I pretty mean, amazing. Oh my god, we were looking for love. She had her own moves and turn it into love. Did you know she did that before Kylie? Yes, I did know that. And love pains. I didn't know that. Love pains I was hers. You know. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, I anyway, because I, I want to, I want to, because I mean, oh god. <laughs> Too excited. I've had a very diverse career. I'm very lucky. So, yes. um, so coming out, let's just jump back to that. Okay. Um, because there's so much 
Rich so you, history theatrically. You were saying about school. So yes. that's why, So when I came out my sixth form. Thank you. Um, getting right back to it. Um, when I started, because what was one of the things they used to say? Bums against the wall, Stuart's coming. That was a oh, thing. God. I don't know if you ever had that. Yeah, yeah. And then, because I, because I, back to the wall. Started to go, yes, because I started to go to the gay clubs and, um, or gay club, there was only one. Yeah. And it was like the second Thursday of every month. <laughs> um, but like, um, when I used to go to that, I learned how to be bitchy. <laughs> or was it, was it called reading or throwing reading. shade? And I didn't realise at that time that's what I was doing. Yeah. So then that was, yeah. so when, when I got into the sixth form, they used to go, like, bums against horse shoots coming and I used to go, it's all right, darling, you're not my type. I don't go for boys, I go yeah. for men. And I used to say things like that. And then they just literally would freak out and run away. So then I discovered power. I had yeah, this power yeah, yeah. to own who I was and stop trying to be this, like, they're being mean to me and they're saying horrible things. It was more to go, oh, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm this is who I can be and then I was well I dropped out the sixth form and the catalyst was was because because um, I owned up to it I was in a class I was, I was doing media studies because I, I didn't I couldn't do A levels because I was too thick um, well cause, because of being bullied my yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, started no, no, to drop no, no. out of school during my GCSEs yeah, you know what I mean? and my grades went down story, so, yeah. um, my, I could have really applied myself but I didn't I got really disinterested in, in, mm-hmm. in, in school and I wanted to go out and work I was mm-hmm. yeah but I stayed on because they were like please stay on and I was like okay and it was halfway through my sixth form and I was doing media studies, a vocational, whatever it was, I can't even remember. Mm. And I remember obviously going to gay clothes, becoming a young adult, getting to that stage. Yeah. And somebody said across the room, are you, are you gay? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And I got put into detention and I got super hurt because I wasn't allowed to talk about it in class. My t- I was the one, the guy, the guy that was you bullying me across. Yeah. Because the, you said you yeah, were gay. Because I responded and the guy was bullying me. He got to go oh, and I, oh I got punished for owning up who I was and I wasn't allowed to discuss it in school. So I left. I well, I, left. Good, I mean, you know, yeah, I like, I actually, this is, this is, well, also, because I had part-time jobs at that time and I was being really ex- accepted and celebrated for who I was in my jobs. Mm. But then I was going to school for like four days a week doing this, media studies things, and I was being repressed, but everywhere else, I was allowed to be who I was yeah. and enjoyed for being who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this is fucked up. I need to get out of there because it's just like... Oh my God. Yeah. So what were you doing? What, what were the jobs you were doing? Oh, I, well, because my, my parents are heavily into retail, I got into retail. Uh, I, oh, I okay. took loads of different... I had a Saturday part-time job at the cookie jar. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, think, I think they're Millie's Cookies now. Millie's Cookies. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I just then went from part time job to part time job, um, and then I eventually got into the restaurant work with it, kind of like a TGI's company. Okay. Um, back in the early nineties, and then eventually the bug for drama and theatre. I was going to say, so where did that? Yeah. Where did that begin? I don't know. I've always I always had. Was it. there like a? But there was never an you, epiphany. It wasn't like a, there wasn't a show or something that turned you. It just it just. I was always slowly. into yeah. I was always into performing. I think my earliest memory of being performing was I was peas in the Harvest Festival at the school assembly. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and I wore green. <laughs> Just in a pod. I was peas. Yeah. No, we weren't that advanced. I had wore a green polo neck and green trousers and that was it. Lump on your head. Yeah, I had like this little band, a cardboard band, sta- you know where the staples stick in you and I just had peas drawn on it. Someone was broccoli, someone was hay and I was peas. And that's my earliest memory. And we did, when, when primary school we did Wind in the Willows and I was a weasel and I loved that. Um, but they're, they're my, my early, and I was, I was massively into five star. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh and I used to practice their routines at home and I used to write to Jim or fix it wanting to be... I oh, know that's con- controversial. Controversial. But I used no, to I write too, every week, too. going to please my singing dance, and some little girl got to do it and I literally you screamed at the her. television. Yeah. So, <laughs> being a P... Come on, yeah. Being... <laughs> P's, not, being not a P's. P's is a, is a, a group a, of P's. Yeah, a group of P's. Um, five star. Five star, yeah. Yes, uh, just practicing, learning the routines yourself. Yeah. 
when so okay so does this tie in with you leaving home and well going I was doing I did a bit of like when I was I, then I, was, I did a bit of Amdram as you do okay. I think the first ever musical I ever did was Fiddler Oh, and it was yeah, typical yeah, they spelt yeah, my name yeah. wrong in the programme and all of that <laughs> and I was one of the little kids that at the very end that gets palmed off for the other little girls <laughs> but I just remember doing Mazel Tov Mazel Tov Mazel uh-huh. Tov and I remember um, Matchmaker and I, I remember going oh I want to sing Matchmaker yeah yeah and I wanted to be one of the even though I didn't want to be a girl I wanted to do that sing, number sing and I was big into like Mary Poppins and Sound of Music and Mary Annie, Poppins big influence in my yeah. life yeah and then a little bit as I got older those kind of feels like Hello Dolly singing in the rain like I love the old and we must touch on I went saw 42nd Street last week oh yeah 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 like, I haven't seen it oh my god like I, I, I've, I've been so disenchanted with the West End and that totally relit my excitement mm-hmm. fabulous job um, for the old school like and, and Ziegfeld Follies and Funny Girl oh my god right, right, the right, money right. and the lavishness uh-huh. and like and no one does that anymore because it's really expensive yeah 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 but they've managed to do it for 42nd Street I mean I, 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 I have to admit I only just recently saw Kinky Boots yeah and I really genuinely loved it did you? I did yeah it was alright I did I didn't I was I really did I, 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 I think I was probably in the right mood for it I was probably I, I wanted to go in and be entertained okay and was and I I was not feeling great that day mentally and I okay. went down and I oh, came it was a really it, uplifting it was like, okay, musical so for that but yeah and it's Cindy Lauper and I'm exactly so those two um, I, I just have an issue with Kinky Boots because I, I used to live in Northampton I did a fashion show with the company so with Price and Son so like uh, I, uh, I and had their shoes uh, in the fashion course, show so I've never um, geography I, when you know the people it's weird watching yeah, like I'm yeah, not really yeah, close yeah, yeah. to them, but I know of the people I, know, I remember the story I remember it all happening so it's really weird I don't like the film and then sitting through the musical because I've got friends in it like sitting through yeah, it yeah, it's yeah. kind of like this is a bit I always find it a bit jarring okay well no that makes sense because you kind of know it as a real yeah. thing and, and I, I just yeah, wish yeah. it was a bit I just I wish the drag was just a little bit more spectacular I didn't find it as spectacular as I wanted it to so be so maybe where I was sitting was anyway anyway yeah. anyway anyway 42nd Street and musicals that influenced you yeah so the, the, old, the old school stuff definitely influencing because I was doing Amdram and at that time I mean Amdram's so different these days but at that time all you could and at school we did Oklahoma at school we did the, <laughs> I mean I did The Boyfriend like three times yeah I really want to revive it actually I'd love to do I love that film Boyfriend Ken um, Russell's film with yeah, Twiggy yeah. yeah yeah and Tommy Tune well I was taught by Maria Charles really yeah Alra who was you know, it was all about her. Wow. Originally back in the day. Um, yeah. Anyway, big influence on my life. But yeah, so, so, yeah. hey, boyfriend. So those, those kind of musicals. Yeah. And then, and doing, so doing Amdram, you did all the classics. Yes. Yeah. That's all you could get rights for in that, for sure. Amdram in those days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what else we did at school. Oh, Anna Green Gables. <laughs> right. Did Annie. Um, those you were Annie. Like, no, I was no. Rooster. <laughs> still yet to play Annie isn't it? I, still time I always want to be still Annie um, yeah so it was just um, it was really it, that was really interesting but the, the first musical that I really heavily got into mm-hmm. and I will totally stand by him is, was Phantom and Angelo Rubber and I became a massive Angelo Rubber fan and oh, really? the first ever West End show I saw I was 15 and it was Joseph with Philip Schofield and I oh, fell in love yeah. with Lindsay Haley. Is that how you say? I always yeah. say Hattie Haley. Yeah, yeah. Um, I fell in love with that, and I, w- I didn't want to be Joseph. I wanted to be the narrator. Oh, and I knew I was a big Raven homo then. That was it. <laughs> 
So Andrew Lloyd Webber. See, that's the first big Lloyd Webber fan. Okay, and I know people, and lots of people wouldn't admit. I think no, being I don't care. admit it because a lot of people are like no, 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 no. Superstar no, is amazing. It. Evita is go. amazing. They're great scores. Phantom is, you know, people, ah, I think people try to want to be. I think people secretly do like it. They just want to be called by this singer uh-huh, uh-huh, and, and go, uh-huh. oh, because we have to like Hamilton right now. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but I'm like this guy. If it wasn't for this guy, our musical theatre wouldn't mm-hmm. be where it is now. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have progressed. He coined. They coined. I know, I know Sondheim did as well, but they coined that rock opera sung through. Like the challenge with Evita, they did. They set themselves the challenge of going, right, we're going to write something where every single throwaway. And there's that famous yeah, yeah, number. Yeah. Hello and goodbye. Yeah. I do it, as I always do it as a pattern. <laughs> Hello and goodbye. Um, so, okay, so if you have to choose one Lloyd Webber of all of them, what's, what's the boss? Well, I would have to say top? Phantom because that's... Okay, that's that but, I, but the score-wise, Sunset is just... Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. brilliant score mm-hmm. when you listen to it. And I, but I'm an Aspects fan as well, and I know everyone hates that show. No, 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 I, 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 I by, by accident, I sat through it many times because I worked at the theatre. Okay, Prince of Wales. Prince of Wales. Yeah. Um, but it was back a, in the day, and so it, I, the novel's really complicated. It's a co- massive, complicated love story. Quite a difficult story to follow. And it follow spans through. like, is it 20, 30? It yeah, spans yeah, a really long yeah, time. Generations. And I know he started because Music of the Night was written for Aspects of Love. Did you know that? I did not yeah. know that. And um, Aspects, he started Aspects of Love way before, and it was in his briefcase, but Phantom was the project that then Didn't came. And they were struggling for a song for the Phantom, and Music of the Night came out of... He was playing... It's kind of like the memory story, because, you know, that's not from TSL, it's Cats, it's from... Uh-huh. Is it Rhapsody on Blue or something? Oh, or Blue yeah, 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 no, um, But Trevor Nunn wrote the lyrics for yeah, Memory. Yeah, yeah, And the fact yeah. that if Judy Dench sang it, would it have been the hit mm-hmm, that it mm-hmm, is? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it really weird? Because she broke around calling rehearsals and Elaine went on because Elaine was in back in Evita or she was coming out of it and they put her, isn't it? Isn't it really? No, weird? no, 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 completely. Then, then, well, then, then that's fate, yeah, which you know we can believe or not believe in, which we'll but definitely. But Elaine must have known that if she knocked that song out, it would have been because it's a great song, memories, wonderful. Yeah, she, 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 she was leaving traps, wasn't she, really? Yeah, let's face it, but um, yeah, so go to so the Phantom was a big, yeah, but the first ever West End show yeah. experience was London Palladium, okay. Fat Joseph, and I was in, I was blown away mm-hmm. uh, by it, and then I didn't see Phantom till I was sent to, but I was on holiday in yeah. Malta and as a kid and there was you know those bootleg shops where they sold the cassettes and DVDs and stuff mm-hmm. and or VHS video sorry <laughs> share my age. VHS yeah and there was this phantom cassette and it was like 99 cents or whatever it was potatoes or whatever it's called um, it's euros <laughs> now isn't it um, potatoes and um Potatoes. But what it was, it was, it was just a photocopied sleeve and it was one tape. So what I didn't realise, it was just the first act. It wasn't mm-hmm. the second act. Mm-hmm. And I finally got hold of the second act and there was this address. They had kids, no internet. There was an address. Yeah, you yeah. wrote, I sent an, a stamped address, an SAE, stamped yeah, yeah, address yeah, yeah. And you got a, a libretti. With all that. So I used that book and I just learned all the words and I just wanted to be in Phantom. As a manager, I'm still too young. I want to be Monsieur Andre. That's one of my... <laughs> I've always wanted to be in... A, oh, well. That's for my goal. Still too young. Still too young for still a role. That's, that's good to know. That's good. That's, yeah. It's quite reassuring. Yeah. Um, but Phantom was the big one. Yeah. Wow. So, so because I, I should explain. We should explain how we know each other as well. Yes. I was trying to do that. So, the, I mean, we were discussing earlier before we were recording that I met you. It oh, must have been late 2010. Because yeah, I, I met you through Patrick Wilde. Yeah. So and I and I worked with Patrick Wilde for the first time in the summer of 2020 in Edinburgh when I played. A transvestite in, in jump. jump. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I believe you were considered. Yeah, I remember. Did I steal the role from you? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no
you can employ me. Anyway, um, I had that conversation though with Michael Twaits recently because we were going, why do we know each other? Because yeah. Michael Twaits hosts all the Prize Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, I love Michael. And he's like, you took the role away from me. And I went, oh my God. <laughs> and he was up for this. Yeah. Anyway. Can- no, no, no. So what it was, you were thinking about having a tattoo. Was I? And yes, and you had a sleeve on. Yeah, that was in Edinburgh then. It must have been in Edinburgh. So, no, no, this was in, I think you brought it back. It was okay. probably not long after you come back. And, and you thought it was to real. You, and, I, and, you, and I was like, wow. And then you were like, no, 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 no. Because I was like, well, maybe you had three sherries. Um, but you were like, yeah. And then that's the first time I met you. And you had the sleeve on. And then I hadn't, didn't see you for ages. And then it would have been, what was the next time? Well, it must have been the band plays on and, and boys in that? the band. Yeah. I feel like there was some in between. But yeah, that was probably when we actually were probably sitting down in a room together. So yeah, readings. It was a little bit before that, but I think it may have been like at parties or gatherings. Yeah, it's probably Pete Shaw's kind Pete of Shaw's stuff. Because obviously all the ill health stuff, which we can talk about later if we yeah. want. But then yeah, we yeah. got in the middle of that, but like, I think it must have been like that, yeah. Yeah, so that was, yeah, so we were doing, so yeah, we were working at Greenwich Theatre. Um, and we did a reading of Boys in the Band. Semi-staged. Semi-staged reading, actually. yes, because I remember the script going everywhere as I was yeah. beaten up behind a sofa. Yeah. Um, and then me coming on, delivering one laugh and stealing the whole act. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and cut. Yes. Done. Um, scene. No, good. It was, it, was, it, was, it was good fun and it was a nice bunch of people. That was 2012, I want to say. Yeah, it was twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah it was the autumn, some late late summer, September time. Because then, then I did my first yeah. adult panto in twenty twelve. Okay, so around the same time. So, yeah, we want to talk about your adult pantos yeah. as well. Um, but then, uh, then there was and the band played on, which was the whole following on from that it's festival of writing, new new gay, writing and gay writing. By. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so oh no, and I worked directly with you because you were directing. Uh, I said Saving it, Souls in Soho and then the actor couldn't do it so I was in it you did it and, and so you then I jumped in and directed yeah. it so we had a whole change and around. you were mean to me and I was mean to you you were so like, mean I was hoping don't stand right. like that do it like this I was like oh my god he's really vicious oh, no. no you weren't it was brilliant for the right it was, reasons and no, it, was really, it was really good I really enjoyed that actually it was good for it was with, and with, with a lovely guy called Alex Alex. And Alex was Pritchett. in my news review yes I can never pronounce his surname. he'll kill me for that Pritchett yes Pritchett and Alex is the most beautiful person and a great actor yeah. and I really loved doing that play no 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 it was a great it was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Saving right. Souls in Soho Saving Souls in Soho written by Michael Ma- Michael Michael and he just he's just he's had a load did he do Supermarket at the park he's just, there we go he's he really did, starting to yeah, take off as a writer see, now I did see I think it was on Facebook anyway he did two he's done two at the park yeah we'll, we'll come back to him we'll come oh, back to him Michael. it's so annoying so annoying we'll come back to him um, but yeah so that was that was that was, that was 2012 yeah um, and then we kind of run into each other in social occasions Edinburgh yeah ran course. into you in Edinburgh um, when you were working um, with a Nancy um, the Nancy the biggest Nancy <laughs> the, of them all. the biggest Nancy of all which we need to come to I'm just trying to give our, our, our listeners a little bit of a that's how we know each other and uh, and and then we spoke about this, and so here you are. Yeah, and part of it's, it's that thing with Facebook as well as seeing oh, yeah, everyone's yeah. doing what they're doing, and you just sort of check in yeah. and be like, "How are you? What's going yeah. on?" And yeah. Um, so yeah, we do want to talk about your illness. Yeah. Which is going to connect to what you're doing now and what you're writing. But before we jump in there, yeah, because you brought it up earlier, and I'd completely forgotten that you were kind of big on the electro 
stuff and your and that you weren't just like a listener you were kind of actively yeah well that was what was really weird because I'm massively into musical theatre and like old school so musical theatre so just going from that so, to that yeah I don't know I couldn't tell you where the jump was but my dad big music listener mm-hmm. um, dad really into um, like his Motown mm-hmm. Four Tops Mamas and Papas yeah 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 um, Simon Garfunkel because uh, he used to be, became an area manager he uh, like in half term holidays he used to go with your dad and work and help him like shift everything around or whatever yeah, yeah. during firework season or, or like Easter or whatever and he was moving the, the eggs from different stores yeah, and yeah. shift or whatever back in the day when all that was done like that and um, yeah. and he was big Beatles fan so um, it sounds very familiar so a lot of music family. in the house liked yeah. his vinyl my brother was into uh, Bruce Springsteen my brother had the CD player I had cassette tapes mm-hmm. and I was into Madonna not really a kind of fan more of a, a hardcore Madonna fan not anymore yeah. I mean, I've completely grown out of fashion with Madonna but I was a massive Madonna fan at the time yeah. and she taught me the Blonde Ambition tour and thing and in bed with Madonna taught me a lot about being gay and about I used to practice all the routines and do it all in my bedroom and all that have you seen Truth or Dare yes, yes. well that's what yeah have you seen Strike a Pose no Strike a Pose no I haven't seen it yet Strike a Pose I haven't seen I've it I've just seen it and it's amazing yeah. and I, I I ended up having a tweet from Kevin one of the dancers wow. and I was just like that's amazing my world and which is done for everyone listening Strike a Pose is, the, is, is a new documentary about all the dancers that are on tour yes. and this famous tour that Madonna did in bed with Madonna yeah. with yeah. which I did talk about last week a little bit because some have passed away from AIDS and and, and, uh, and yeah. about coming to terms with who they um, are and their yeah. relationship with fame because they were very famous at the time and then they all just got discarded by Madonna didn't oh, they oh yeah, yeah 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 I mean it's a bit bit of a yeah it's quite sad but but then actually quite inspiring quite yeah. uplifting at the end but anyway because yeah. I, I went on about that last week but however so so getting to Electro yeah so I don't really know where it came but obviously being a child from the 80s so listening to Hazel yeah. Dean and the pop but then um I can't remember where I went, oh, I love this music. I think it was a gradual thing. Mm. Um, and as I was getting more into my teenage years and it just remembering like, uh, so Top of the Pops. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember we used to, they used top to mime? Do, yeah, but do you remember we used to mime and they didn't even hold a microphone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, because nobody, but nobody used to do that. Yeah, 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 it was so funny. Um, but yeah. like, yeah, Mark Armin, Sarcel big fad so yeah Tom, like, like like the the electric uh, so like um, even like um, Gary what's his name Gary Newman yeah here yeah. in my car um, yeah. Thompson Twins a ra- big Erasure Erasure um, obviously Cher <laughs> <laughs> loved my bit of Cher <laughs> yeah. love and understand <laughs> love that song um <laughs> uh, but yeah that kind of so I heard my dance music it had that yeah. and there was just this this I like the electronic sound yeah yeah um, Depeche Mode um, uh, oh my god New Order oh, um, New Order yeah, yeah True yeah, Faith yeah, yeah, and yeah, Blue, yeah. Blue Monday oh, not yeah. the Kylie friggin version um, no, but into that that two finger bass that new, a new romantic to culture club and I was too young for new romantic but I got into it later I remember it <laughs> and then as I sort of I started to I started to dress up when mm-hmm. I went to the, I used to go to the club I used to wear belly tops oh my god yeah. I was such a skinny twink and braces and bangles all up my arm yeah. and then and flouncy shirts and then I got into the pinstripe suit after Madonna and Express Yourself okay I, I, wore, I got one from a charity shop and I wore it all the time <laughs> Um, and uh, I just didn't have the pink cone bra mask. <laughs> or did you? No, I didn't. No, I okay. wanted it, but I didn't. <laughs> so I, I liked playing around with that that punky. I got into Blondie. Okay. Um, I like liked, early Blondie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Denis Denis. Yeah, um, yeah. And Arrhythmics, Thorn in My Side, um, Talking to an Angel. Oh my God. Mm. Here Comes the Rain Again, which I'm covering in my new show. Prince. 
Um, we bow down. We yes. bow down. Um, and, 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 and like Raspberry Beret when doves cry. That I mean, I loved his like his stuff, but like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that stuff Genius. was amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Little, uh, little red cravat. Yeah. And what? Uh, there was I saw a clip of the other day because Shinnery's in Forty Second Street. Of course, yeah. Oh, that was the one he did with um, You got the look. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. Can you? Um, yeah, yeah. So I loved well, that. And I suppose because Five Star were a bit punk rock for pop. They had that edge because they wore baseball. That's the best. Line. They were they were pop, but but because they really went really rocky towards the end. Didn't they? Yeah, because they had the big drag. Oh, you wig. mean the way they? Were, yeah, yeah, they, they were, were like Destiny's authentic. Child before their time. You know what I mean? Like they had the epaulets and the big shoulder pads, and yeah. and they used to. I'm doing the action now, but they used to put the fist up and do the head. Yeah, and the knee, the knee in. He's Can't doing the, the whole another minute. There is there is a routine there. <laughs> and Britney, you know, Britney did that. Like, that yeah, that all came from Five Star. Trailblazers. Love. Yeah, that was it. was a bit MJ. I wasn't. I'm, I'm, I was going to say they were quite Michael Jackson. Right? Yeah, my brother was an MJ fan, but I wasn't a, yeah. a MJ fan. Um, so I, I always liked a bit of edge. I yeah, think. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then I just sort of migrated into that. And then as I got into my teenagers, the guy and I started to come out way before everybody else okay. did. Before Green Day did it, you know, like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And but obviously I was a late new romantic. But there was there was this sort of I didn't want to do drag. I knew that, but I knew I liked dressing up. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like, and then safety pins and everything, and everything was ripped. Okay. And I went, I went through that. Massively. So where were you in the world when you were doing this? Where were you living? Were I suppose you, it was, it was when I no, I was about eighteen, nineteen, and I, went, I was at, when I was at stage school, and okay. everyone was so musical theatre driven, and so was I. Mm-hmm. But there was this other side. So stage school. Yeah. What, so that was was that your so choice? Jazz hands to say that. Yeah, I was eighteen. Okay. I left school at sixteen. Okay. I bummed around, and I still had the bug. And I decided just to audition and I got into Midlands Academy of Dance and Drama in Nottingham. Okay. And I got a scholarship. Right, okay. And just that to was filling like, the gaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was in like 96, so just over 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really grateful for them. It was a very small college at the time and it's really it's huge now, mad. It's a right, very it's big. Growing. Yeah, mad with a double D. We're mad for entertainment. <laughs> And um, I had the best time, the best training and teaching, yeah. the best group of people, still friends with people. There's, there's only a few of us that are working in this industry, but so proud sure. of people, the, what they're doing. Um, uh, but I was never, for me, when I went to school, I couldn't dance very well. I'd done a little okay. bit of tap. I was a Billy Elliot. I went to a girl's right. class. I spent my pocket money secretly. I went to a girl's class and wore girls' tap, tap shoes. Amazing. Um, and then so when I went I was an actor and a singer trying to learn to dance sure I suppose and I got thrown in and then I came out a choreographer after three years but as well as just doing all because our chore- I was into the pops and the step thing because our teacher choreographed the steps okay Paul Domain okay, so, so that's how I got into it it makes well it makes well sense. one day there was this video on TV and I was like we just did that at college last week <laughs> and realising he'd he'd been trying just, it out just gone. Yeah. yeah 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 um, so um, it was after the love is gone. Okay. Um, after the, all that, um, <laughs> and um, so I'm really back and forth. So, no, 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 so no, through it's... college, and I was discovering my creative side. Yeah. I nurtured your, your creative side, and I realised I was creative. And okay. I started to create, and I, as well as musical theatre, I loved all that. Rent was a big thing at that time. Okay. It, was, it wasn't even here yet, but it was a big American yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and that was very different it was huge like as much as everyone's raving about Hamilton and as much as it yeah, makes yeah. me tighten up and I get really like oh for god's sake Ren was that trailblazer because it, sure. it shifted the gear stick yeah, massively yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's come up so many times throughout 
these podcasts for different reasons. Well, like people were talking to me, like, someone's yeah. going on about Waitress and Dear Evan Hansen and all these newbies. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm like, it's just a knockoff of Rent. It all right, spans yeah, yeah, yeah. from that time when that show yeah. came out. And obviously that was yeah. so tragic, what happened. Oh yeah, to Jonathan Larson. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, it was a weird Yeah. Thing. Oh, the other thing, I like Queen as well. Bit into okay. Queen, you know, Freddie Mercury, which can bring us on to we need to come to that as well. Yeah. I mean, God, so, there's um, so much material. Yeah, anyway, coming. so, yeah, through college, the electro pop was always there, that punk side was always yes, there. Yes, yes, but yes. Because yes. you were at musical theatre, everyone was leg warmers and into cats. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just, if I could make the chorus of a show, I was happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when I left, I actually, even though I've done stuff in the West End, I've never performed in the West End. Right. Which is really weird to write shows for. Oh, it, I see. Yeah, yeah, but not yeah, to yeah, perform. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, and to direct stuff. But um, so it's very strange. But then I just had this really strange because I've always been an underdog or an outsider. So then I had this strange arc of a career over the last twenty years, mm. which when now I'm doing what I'm doing and I've accepted everything and doing it, I realise it's all fed into because I had a pop career, I had a recording contract. So yeah, so that's that's what we want to. That's yeah. kind of what I want to touch on is that part of your life because you've kind of so you'd gone from there the the, the, the development of performer from musical theatre to experimenting because a lot of it comes through started with makeup electronic sounds which then took you into getting this career yeah well I was so choreographing at college and the, 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 the spark the big spark was I wanted to do a show but I didn't want to do like this like, like little pieces yeah. I wanted to tell a story yeah. and I thought what story and I remember going to an audition in London I was reading Empire Magazine I don't even know that exists yeah, 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 and yeah. I read this article about a new movie called Snow White Tale of Terror and it was a horror version of Snow White. Now okay. you've had like 60 different versions now, the yeah, Huntsman yeah, yeah. or Witchcraft or yeah. whatever. Um, but at that time, Twisting Fairy Tales was a weird thing. Mm. And it had Sigourney Weaver in it and Sam Neill. Oh, uh, yeah. I think yeah. It's a really scary movie. I don't know if I've seen it, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And it came out, but it went straight to DVD or VHS mm. at the time. And it went straight to it. Like, and it was like, okay. Um, and it really intrigued me. And I was talking to somebody about this. And they were like, I didn't realise that at that time that the Grimm stories were grim. They yeah, weren't, yeah, yeah, they yeah, were yeah, yeah. bogeyman stories, they weren't yeah, like they weren't. prissy. Yeah. And then when I started to read them and notice that the stepsisters cut off their toes to fit in the shoes mm-hmm. and, and how dark it all was. Oh, dark, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And I thought it was really great. And then that really sparked me. And then I discovered Tim Burton. And then like, and all of that started to feed into. And at the same time, oh, okay. I was also really influenced at college by Fosse before the whole Fosse regeneration as well. Okay. I was yeah, a big yeah. fan before. Because yeah. I remember when Chicago came about, we were at college and we were doing it in musical theater and, and the teacher went, who'd heard of Bob Fosse and no one ever heard of uh-huh. him. And I was like, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and him, the thing about him and Burton was that they, the, my idols for their style but more so is they decided to create their own worlds and they didn't give a shite mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, anybody mm-hmm. else thought and it took a very long time for them to be accepted yeah like Burton and Fosse are now genres yeah 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 and the fact that Tim Burton's still alive in a genre Fosse mm-hmm. obviously is not but but Chicago was a spectacular yeah, flop yeah, yeah. originally and they yeah, were like what is this it. man doing but he stood but he didn't comp- they didn't compromise with their worlds they both continued to fight on I've read a lot about them both and stayed true to who they were and went no I'm doing my thing sure and I'm not going to buck the trend and I love that and that to me was a big influence of going beats and being gay as well and coming to terms with that was like listen to that beat of your own jump and it's fine yeah. and I know RuPaul harps on about it but it's no, really no, no, bloody completely. true yeah. yeah 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 but how did that so how did that feed into becoming so what? Who approached you and said, "Right, here's a, here's a contract." No, be- well, it didn't sort of happen like that. So then I went on jobs and jobs, and I was as I, I was playing around with this idea for the show, which yeah. became Princess. 
and that was all set to somebody else's so music. Before, yeah. okay. I couldn't write music at that time, and I was it was all set to other people's music. Yeah, and yeah. then I discovered this one particular album, which had the most amazing music at the same time, about '97, mm-hmm. and then. As I was developing the show more, that artist left that label, and in revenge, the label released all the B sides and the demo tracks. And there was all this other material that was written at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was called an album called Impossible Princess by Kylie Minogue. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which is till date, touch word, till date, still her best album, I think. I think she. Oh, no, it's one of my. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of my favorites. Yeah, insight yeah, yeah, into really yeah, who yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah. She really is that rebel girl. Yeah. And then I read that she'd was given a book by a poet called Billy Childish called Poems to Break the Heart, it's H-A-R-T-S, uh-huh. by Impossible Princesses, of Impossible Princesses, which is out of print. I had to order it through the British Library to okay. read it and go and book an appointment. I didn't know this. I have no idea. And he gave it to her when she left Stuck Eight on Walkman, mm. and she read it, and then she started to write this new album. Because oh, it's about God. that rebellious girl. Yeah, I know. It's, that's why I love this album. And it's become a cult album now. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's, 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 it's got limbo and tears and it's, say hey and drunk yeah, it's, and dreams. It's and really yeah, good quality. Because it's like Manic, it again. Manic Street Preachers. They oh, produced, because yeah, they, Deconstruction, she was with Deconstruction yeah, for yeah, two years. Yeah. The Confide in Me era, and it was like the extension oh, of Confide in Me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was also a good album. Anyway. Yes, sorry. So yeah. it was also to that kind of music. So anyway, um, uh, I... Doing different jobs, I worked with the Moscow State Circuit, I worked at Butlins, I was a Power Ranger. Yes. Mos- I, was- <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Moscow State Circus, what were you doing? That was, I, I met them at Butlins. So I did two years at Butlins. It was yeah. a really great job. Yeah. Um, and I was cast. It wasn't a red coat, it was cast. And I did. I was in the Achilles gang and then I went to the main venue for my yeah. second year. And you do a variety of shows and that's where I really started to blossom. And they, they had two massive dance studios and I started to teach the red coats dance lessons. And I was really I'm playing around with my choreography. That's where you I met dance, dance. dance. Yeah. And <laughs> then... Um, Hazel Dean was there and I, I was asked to choreograph her show and yeah like that all happened by accident um, and so I did a lot and Moscow State Circus did this show and it was kind of like a Cirque du Soleil style show mm-hmm. before Cirque du Soleil was like massively mm-hmm. huge but it was sort of booking that trend and doing that kind of thing mm-hmm. and it was it, it had a circus company a dance ensemble and a, a chorus of singers mm-hmm. and I was in the dance section mm-hmm. and um, it was The Little Prince it was called Tri- Aurora Trines and it was based on the story of the Little Prince mm-hmm. and it was narrated and it was sung and the singers sang and the, so sometimes a, a main character would be a singer and a dancer and a circus act and it would, and I it was my first sort of feel of alternative theatre okay at Butlins which is really which weird is I know the, the last place but right. I and everyone hated the show but I because we had to be rose bushes and there was a storm and we had to strip the rose bushes off and go through the great big white vagina it was very <laughs> strange and we've got some brilliant stories to tell about it and we used to we used to have to do a matinee and we were always so hungover and reeking of Zambuca so it was always a hard <laughs> yeah. show oh, um, and also the choreographer just spoke um, stop the music is what she could say and mm-hmm. she could only count to four <laughs> so that was kind of hard to learn that show yeah. Yeah. but when you were good they rewarded you in vodka and the best vodka ever <laughs> and they were the most beautiful people and I had the best time working with them and it was my first sort of like and because Princess was sort of up here yeah. that's when I went oh Okay, okay. And at that time, I started to play around with songwriting okay. on a piece of software on a PlayStation. I know that sounds No, weird. to me, like, gods, yeah, I mean, why not? And then there was a guy, one of our sound engineers was a record producer, so we were playing around with a demo, mm-hmm. and I created this kind of cabaret act thing called Hope. Okay. And I had two backing dancers like Pepsi and Shirley, and they were called Peaches and Cream. 
don't, don't. This is in no, Steps era. This is in the, the <laughs> Atomic Kit in Steps pop era. So I wanted to create something cheesy absolutely. and Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But my music, when I was writing it, I didn't realise, but it was very Mark Almond soft sell. It was very like um, Dead or Alive. Okay. Uh, Bowie. Okay. Uh, but I didn't know that that's who I was emulating. Yeah, it yeah. just kind of came it out. Was there. And it was dark. This stuff was dark and I didn't realise it was heavier than it wasn't this poppy stuff that I wanted to write. So where did you think that, where did you think the dark, I mean, obviously the Being repressed, being a repressed homosexual. So, okay. Okay. I think okay. so. And okay. the bullying. Um, so it did come from there, yeah. The, the rebel, rebel kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and then I had a bit of a weird career, but whatever. But then I finally came to London. And when I got to London, I ended up working. I did a little stint at Two Swords and I ended up working mm-hmm. for GAY. Mm-hmm. I was like the oldest living flyer boy. And I used to do the box office at the Astoria, God rest her soul. I yeah. just, every time I walk past yeah, him, she's like, and my heart just bleeds. And the ghetto. God, My yes. heart bleeds. Yeah. Um, and I was writing my. So what I was doing was I was flying. Are, sorry, just 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 to fill in because <laughs> we have uh, worldwide listeners. Um, the ghetto was a club, and it was owned. Was it owned by Simon Hobart? It's Simon Hobart who passed away. Who yeah. passed away? Who was? Uh, it was I, an, I've talked about pop stars. Before. Yes, same same company. Regular regular listeners, but it was a slightly more um, punk rock, edgier, trashy, less commercial. Yes, but they did the most amazing nights on a, a Saturday. They used to do a night called Wig Out, which was Wig like out. so. Camp. That was quite. It was a Camp brilliant, and on a Tuesday was my night that I used to go out to. It was called Don't Call Me Babe, which Dusty uh, O used to DJ. Yes. And it was just like pop, new romantic stuff, trashy. Everyone used to drink Red Stripe and Zambuca. Yeah. You'd look down on the floor and there'd be just like Red Stripe cans everywhere. Yeah. There was a, a big wind fan because it was so sweaty, it was underground. What was the electro night? Was it called Electro Clash? There was... What's it called that? With the Reader's Wives used to do it, didn't they? Um, and sometimes even uh, Boy George was yes. doing yeah. it. And Pete Burns. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. this is, well, this feeds into this, this world. Yeah. Yes. So, so I was working at GAY and I'd recorded a demo. I'd written some songs, still on the play show, yeah. station, recorded a stupid demo. And then I, I call myself Mr. Electric, which is so stupid, I know. And then I had a CD and I used to give it out on the street as I used to give out flyers. And I used to know all the door whores of all the clubs and bars. And because I was on that scene, uh, I lived in Soho. There's, if you go by Centrepoint, if anyone from London that's listening, yes. where Centrepoint is, and they're doing the whole new regeneration it's there. It's a big tall building in the middle of London yeah. for people out of town. There's a building, but it's all been knocked down, but the frontage of yes. the building is still up. And yeah. I used to live in that building. It was like bed sits. And all of us from GAY used to, we used to call it GAY Towers. And we used to all live there. All the flyer boys. Uh, yeah. And we also, that's I used to, interesting. Yeah. So we used to go out, drink, and I used to get my CD out, and I started to get gigs. Right, so this is through, well, this is through literally working the streets. Yeah, literally old school, like giving right. it out. And, and oh, then, oh, oh. I like, so I used to know Princess Julia and that uh-huh, kind of uh-huh, sort of uh-huh. new just D.O. And then, um, then this really weird thing happened that Jeremy decided... They're, they're DJs as well, because yes, I know. Yes, sorry. So yes, yeah, DJs from, from that time. Yeah. And still working. Yeah. Um, and Pete Burns was around at that yeah. time yeah. Uh, from Dead or Alive. Yeah. And Dusty was a big scene queen. Like she, people must have heard of her from the eighties. Like was it "Kiss Me on Your Mouth"? And yeah, yeah. Um, she's a big scene DJ queen. She like drag, but gender fuck. And yeah. And if you Google, you will definitely find yeah. the very Miss Dusty. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And my yeah. dear friend now, because we yeah, work because you work together. Yeah. And um, uh, Jeremy Joseph, who runs yeah. Gay, who still does run Gay, yeah. but at the Astoria, decided that they were going to make a reality documentary about the runnings of it. It never got screened. Okay. Thank the Lord. <laughs> and I was picked up as one of the feature stories because I was hunking my CD about and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Jeremy decided to do a show called Staff Idol. 
as right. part of this documentary. Okay. It was on a Thursday night and I got to play, I'm really grateful I got to play my song and perform it at the Astoria on a Thursday night and it was packed. Okay. Oh, come on, that okay. was it. Like, and okay. it no longer exists. So to play I don't know, actually, and it was a massive theatre. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, And um, at that time, kiddies, no Facebook, only MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> right? My only space. MySpace. I had a MySpace with glitter font. Amazing. Yeah, I had a MySpace. And then all these universal things happened. Dusty O was on the panel for uh-huh. the judges. And at the end, she was like, oh, I thought you should have won. I loved your song. Can I give you a gig at the ghetto? And I was like... Okay. Like yes, the ghetto is my favorite place. I love that night, and my music would go down really well there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one of my dancers did this job with this other dancer whose girlfriend happened to be a record producer and music manager of an independent label. Okay. They came to the gig. The gig sold out. Half my friends didn't see it. They were in the queue. They couldn't get in. Right, right. Wow. It was most. It was a, a very weird thing. Simon Hobart was shocked that because Jeremy Joseph is infamous for not going to any other club. Yeah, right. right. And he came. And everyone, he was like, how did you get Jeremy yeah, Joseph to come? Uh-huh. And then this record producer saw it. No one had ever heard my music, but for some reason, I had this song called Electric Not Eccentric, and you can find it on YouTube. It is out. We did release it. Um, and I performed this song. Electric Not Eccentric. Yes. Based on Do the, search. Based on an Edith Sitwell quote. <laughs> Which is so Electro Clash. Oh my God. <laughs> Because she said, I love that. <laughs> she said, I'm merely an electric eel in a pond full of, I can't remember, I'm, no, I'm, I'm merely an eccentric in a pond full of electric <laughs> eels or something. And I was just like, oh, I'm electric, I'm not eccentric. I love that, that's a song. Have you ever tried singing the word electric and eccentric in a song? Not good. But that's brilliant to bring her into that world. It does well. I saw the quote once and I was like, I love that wow. saying. I'm electric, not eccentric. Okay. Um, so I wrote this song and we performed it as the last song and the whole club was singing it by the end and this record producer was like her name is Mojen from LA and she was like have you released it? I was like no she was like but everyone was singing along I went yeah but I didn't I don't know why and then so she signed me and we did like a development thing where I spent five years with her and we only ever released one song but I learned so much about mm. the record industry we got caught up unfortunately in um it was changing dramatically iTunes came about the internet Facebook everything really changed dramatically songs went from being a reasonable price and making money down to 69p yeah yeah it was just like okay how is this all going to work and and we got kind of got caught up caught up in that sure and then Gaga kind of beat me to it I was right. doing like I was like a male so what gaga. Kind of, what, what sort of? I was wearing like mirrorball mirrors on my face. Yeah, and yeah, in my yeah. hair I had a Mohican and a bit Adam anti looking. So you, what kind of year would you would we be at now? Two thousand and five, okay. okay. six, maybe yeah, around that mark. Yeah, okay. And then Gaga sort of came out and we were still developing and she came out and she started to do all the stuff that I was doing and it was that kind of music and they were sort of a little bit worried going, well, maybe like it's being done now and mm-hmm. you've missed the boat a little bit. And so it all just sort of dwindled, but it wasn't a bad experience because I'd learned how to songwrite, I learned how to produce music. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I, she taught me how, she tapped into my uniqueness. It's mm-hmm. very hard to be original these days, but the new original is to be yourself, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. to you. And, and also how to present things, how to promote things, package things, how to refine and creative processes. Yeah. Like, it was a huge learning curve. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing that came out of it, at the end of it, was, and this was around about 2010, 2011, was um, someone said when it all ended, I was a bit depressed. And they went, well, why don't you write Princess now with your own music? Mm-hmm instead of using somebody else's. So I did. I mean, wow, that's... That's a big story. Uh, no, 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 I mean, that's in, like this journey is like... It's huge. Uh, via Hazel Dean, via Butlins, via the Moscow State Circus. 
to a record contract is just insane. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. Bizarre. It's brilliant. It's really bizarre. Which does bring me to, because I, I want to make sure we touch on all the important stuff, which is all yeah. where you are now. Okay. And obviously, Princess, let's go just to where Princess is now. So we did, so I, I, I always wanted to do this show, and it was a sort of a hybrid of a musical, yeah. but of a dance show, but with original music. Yeah. And so I call it gig theatre, because I didn't want it to be like this traditional show. I wanted to kind of, I like rock gig. I love wedges at the front of the stage, mm-hmm. and side lighting, and a lot of smoke and effects. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was brought up in that Madonna era of Madonna creating the theatrical rock concert. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where that came from. Um, but I like it. I still love a gig as well. Mm-hmm. I like. Oh yeah. I love spitting sawdust, and I love. I, I I like that rawness, and that's why I like the electro side of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because then getting into modern bands like Goldfrab, Supernature, mm-hmm. oh my god, mm-hmm. that, that, and Black Cherry though before that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which I have on a CD. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a rebirth. Yeah. Um, and um, so. I wanted to sort of mix all those things together, but it hasn't really been done before and I didn't know what to call it and how to mix it together. So it was a case of just doing it. Mm-hmm. I began to develop it mm-hmm. and I decided that I wasn't going to be in the show, but I would write all the music for it. Okay. And um, sidebar, I fell ill. I literally was workshopping it for six yes. weeks and then I fell drastically ill with cancer yeah. and I then my whole life just stopped and crumbled. Yeah. And then I, I, my body changed, my fitness changed. It was a real long ass five year process. Yeah. And um, I couldn't dance for a really long time, which crucified me. And I've never been a dancer since, which has upset me. I can never, I've never been able to get back to that. Um, but I can still choreograph. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, I decided there was there was five years of stuff, and then I decided that I needed to get Princess which done. We'll come back to yeah. that sidebar. So um, I, I went to get Princess done. So literally, not last year, the year before. I managed to do some workshops, got some dancers together, mm-hmm. and we did a, we performed 18 minutes of it. Okay. And I recorded the show with my voice singing it, so it was all gonna be pre-recorded, but yeah. no live singer. Part of that, because I was absolutely petrified of what people would think of my music, because the illness sort of made me lose my confidence and all yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was so scared, so I thought, if it's all dressed up with all the dancers and all that's happening on stage, people won't notice the music. I was a bit in fear. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of fucking stupid, but at the time I was like, yeah, no, that'd be no, cool. No, because maybe. I'm safe. You know, I'm not on stage yeah. singing it, I'm not exposed. And it's in a studio, so I can auto-tune the fuck out of it. And sure. Overproduce it. And I love vocal effects and all of that sort of stuff. Because that goes with electro and I like yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. So recorded the, the whole soundtrack, was learning more about vocal production. We decided to do this showcase. So we performed for two nights and we performed 18 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Very minimal. At the Lost Theatre, and I've got to sort of mention them. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Support, Mark at Lost Theatre and Lost Theatre really supported us. Yeah. And then we did a and a afterwards oh, with the audience. Okay, so okay. I like, sort of did my own scratch. So that's good. Yeah. To get some feed. So we got some yeah. great feedback and whatever. And then it, I decided that we're going to do it and we're going to take it to Edinburgh, but the cost of it in Edinburgh and Princess is quite a large show. Um, and then in the end, last year, we decided to do a two-week rehearsal period. We did some more workshopping, mm-hmm. did a two-week rehearsal period, and we put on the show in a skeleton form, but we put on the hour. It was about a 75-minute version okay. show, one act, at the last bit. And we did a week run, and I only wanted to do a week because it's a tryout, it's an yeah, experiment, yeah. to yeah. see what we'd learn, but to see it as a production. Mm-hmm. It was still quite because of money um, quite scraped back mm-hmm. but to do it to try and garner interest and actually just say to the world this is what I do yeah and so we did it last November so so you did this through the week run yeah um, also for anyone who's now kind of going let me discover that where can they find www.princesstheshow.com okay so and there's at princess the show on um, Facebook and Twitter okay just because you know 
or my Facebook or like Stuart yeah. Saint you can find all the links I'm terrible and you have your own website as well though. yeah which is stuart-saint.com there we well. go that's important um, so yeah jumping back then so because um, we've talked before and obviously I know bits and pieces of your history um, and then there were kind of gaps so you filled me in but I, if we can just go back a few, if you don't mind dragging yourself over the coals again um, so to explain your illness I mean it's leading up to what you're doing now because I'm mm. also really intrigued to hear about the new show yeah. but the reason one of the reasons it's been born is because of your illness and your journey yeah. so just to explain that so so because it's so, there's a new show yeah and maybe go backwards from the show yeah so the new show is called embrace the hound that's okay. the working title it may not stay that but it's, it's that yeah and what happened with princess was really big and the biggest feedback was everyone loved the music yeah. and i should have been on stage singing and it should have been live and that it is the anchor yeah and I was so elated by that. And uh, I'm a conceptual artist. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you get so... You feel really wanky saying it. No, no, no. But no. I'm really embracing it now. And I was like, be more bonkers. But my yeah. friend Kim saw it, who's only known me for Adel Panto. And okay. she was like, you're really dark and messed up and bonkers. And I'm like, is that a good thing? She went, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. Because I'd made... I tend to... In Princess Tinkerbell's a hooker. And sure. Cinderella never goes to the ball and becomes a murderer. And yeah. like, yeah, I really twisted everything yeah, up. Yeah. So, um... But Princess is massive, and trying to get producers or anyone to back you and take a risk on you, for anyone that's never been in theatre, you need something manageable that if they're going to make a loss, it's going to be a manageable loss. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're going to be in the backing of you for the long haul, so you've got to minimise the risk. But Princess is too big. Yeah. So I, I, as I was thinking about it, about, oh, the music is the anchor and I'm important part to it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a complete Dennis Waterman. Oh, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune, be in the show, you know, <laughs> and be this egotistical trip. But people are like, but it's you. Yeah. And it's this mixture of your music and your theatre background all coming together to yeah. make this concept. So I was like, this is kind of cool. So um, uh, the more I thought about it and processed it, I thought, well, if I could create a smaller show with a very small cast, a more intimate show that's more manageable, yeah. we could always revisit Princess at a later date. Yeah. And I could get more backing and be easy for us to get off the diving board, so to speak. Completely. Completely. Um, thinking on a business side, which yeah. doesn't meet creative at all and is bloody annoying, but at the same time, you've got to make it those sacrifices to, to get that. Yeah. yeah. And also, and then the other thing was people were like, you need to tell your story, it's an inspiring story. And I was so against it because I was uncomfortable with parts of it. And then when it got to the end of this year, I was like, this is how I'm going to tell my story. Mm-hmm. This is, I think I need to tell a story now. I, I feel, because I feel like that story, that part of my life is starting to simmer down. It's been so up and down and I'm getting more comfortable with things. And it's like, okay. Um, so I've decided to write this show, yeah. Quinn Embrace the Hound, which is my story. And the hound. I am the hound. All, all these things that have happened to me, these bad things that have happened to me are these hounds, these demons, if you want. And you always think you need to tame them, but actually yeah. you need to embrace them because they're part of you and part of who you are. Completely. I mean, we were discussing before and part of, I mean, and I'm one of the reasons I started this podcast. And I've, as I said before, my very first podcast, one of the reasons is that it's a whole thing about saying it's okay for me to talk about myself and my problems yeah. and, my, and the good stuff. And Sharing stuff. is good. Sharing is really good. But I kind of, as a performer for a long time, and I said to you before, is that there is a whole element of hiding behind mm. a show and other people. And and I'm working on a one-man show as well, which is why I'm really interested in hearing your version. Yeah. I mean, mine, I've talked a bit to you about, and that's kind of fighting my own demons, for want of a better description. 
um, and how I've been writing a lot of women for myself and that whole thing. And, and there's a wasp just come in the window. So we may just pause for a second because I hate wasps. I know you're right. It's fine. Um, it's good. At least we still have wasps. They've not been wiped out yet. No, I know. <laughs> I'm going to just stop for one second, ladies and gentlemen, because I know I need a wee break. <laughs> So yes, the wasp is gone. I got rid of the wasp. Well That's done. Like... <laughs> you and terrified. I manned up and got rid of the wasp. Oh, I hate them. They're so scary. I'm sure they're good for the world. Bees are good, but wasps aren't. <laughs> anyway, we were in the middle of. Well, I mean, so talking about the new show, the yeah. hand and uh, embracing the hand. Embrace. That's the another hand. show. Yeah, embracing the hand. That's something <laughs> filthy. <And> <laughs> That's the follow-up. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the real it's, it's, it's the real the real truth of the story so no so uh, we're laughing and being jovial but yes that's the way it should be so I was saying about why my show came to pass well, hasn't passed but why it's happening so tell us about how because you had a rough time and it kind of was a whole catalogue of continuing problems yeah um, yeah that so have kind of ended up making you where you are now and a lot stronger but just so people know where, how, what you've been through to get to this point. Okay, it's, it's a massive long story when you keep it really short and it's going to sound really dramatic. Yeah. But So it, it was just like a lot of illnesses and it was like one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. And unfortunately some of them were life-threatening and some of them are incurable. So, but we can talk, are you happy for me? Yeah, happy Absolutely. Yeah, so I was, I've not really spoken about it a lot. A lot of people don't know. I'm sort of private about it, but at the same time, I, f- I felt like I've carried some, this is why I'm doing this show as well. I've carried some shame exactly. and I want to get rid of that shame. And I don't even, I don't want to be marching down the street and screaming it from the rooftops either. But at the same time, it's like, it's just part of who I am and it needs to be embraced more because it may be, it would help if more people were like that, break down stigma and barriers and people be more accepting. Absolutely. But it's hard. It's very hard because there's all sorts of backlashes going on around the world at the moment as well and it's quite scary you know it is quite scary in what you mean backlashes well even just to see what's happening in church here oh I see yeah yeah, yeah. you kind of go like we take like a giant leap forward and then we like we go back a million years completely completely anyway um so in 2010 I was so yeah I was I was diagnosed HIV positive yeah which then unfortunately led to a really serious bout of cancer which yeah. was a cancer due to the breakdown of my immune system which I haven't spoken about that publicly before sure. so that's an exclusive yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good exclusive but it's just something no, that no, happened no, no, no. there's a lot behind it yeah. but then I had unfortunately um, Burkitt's lymphoma which is a non-Hodgkin's which means it's fast spreading and aggressive cancer yeah yeah. Um, not that Hodgkin's is any is good either but non-Hodgkin's is pretty bad mm-hmm. and it was stage 4B and when you consider 5 is terminal that's pretty severe yeah. um, and it was discovered because I had a, a severe appendicitis operation oh yes no, that's the, yeah. yeah and and I had this problem with my bowel and whatever and they basically discovered the cancer after I had the appendicitis I mean to start with appendicitis even in the best of times is not what no. is ideal but yeah well especially when you go in with emergency operation they said oh it's going to be two hours keyhole yeah. and you wake up eight hours later being wheeled out of the OR going what the hell's happened to me and you're on morphine which is great by the way when you've got well, a button, button to administer it yourself a PSA I was talking about that with Nancy DeLolio anyway um, <laughs> she didn't understand what it was um, but um, yeah so that was so I that whole process from the appendicitis to the end of the chemo went from April 2011 to December 2011 okay. and I basically lived in hospital for most of it yeah. I had a few breaks but it was it was full on and, and not to it sounds like I always felt like I'm posting no, no. so a lot of people that have chemo would have 
a lot of, the majority of it's done as an outpatient or you're in for a few days yeah. and you have a bag for a couple of hours over every six weeks or sure. I was having it every day and yeah. there was one day that I would have 24 hours of chemo and where were, you? where were at you? at Chelsea and Westminster Chelsea Hospital Westminster. which is a phenomenal hospital and it was at, at the time it was called the, the Thomas McCauley Ward but it's now the Ron Johnson Ward Okay. and I had an amazing uh, guy called Professor Bauer who is like the number two in Europe for cancer okay. and like, he's amazing completely bonkers by the way um, but ama- like, amazing yeah um so, lucky enough, went through that whole process, had a lot of, they, they, they said to me, they, they say it's, it's the most amount of chemo they could give someone. So okay. It was a lot. So when I went in, I had a bad reaction to it, and I did nearly die, but that didn't happen. But mm. I did, I went down a really dark path. Yeah. It was very, very quick. And then I'm really skimming over this, and then I got the all clear. Well, into I say all clear, people call it remission. I call it all clear mm-hmm. in December. So December the twenty third. What a friggin' day! Like that could have been the, the worst Christmas yeah, ever. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like it was um, to know that you, I went through four cycles of very intense chemo. So yeah. it was very grueling on my body. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they recommended a period of three years to recover from it. But that's how I fell into directing because I couldn't really do anything else. I couldn't so perform dance. and I couldn't dance. And so I sort of fell into directing. And then from the jobs that I did, and I know you touched, you, you wanted to touch on it, but one of them, it's the Panto, the musicals I did at Leicester Square Theatre when yeah. I was associate artistic director and also News Review. Got a snaps to um, Emma Taylor at News uh-huh. Review. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. very grateful to Emma. She's a big supporter of mine, mm-hmm. and I've done these with you twice for her, and um, that that experience taught me a lot. So, like, I'm I, you know, and obviously, Lesser Square Theatre, Martin Witts and Leslie Ackland, who took me under the wing at Lesser Square Theatre and progressed me as I went along. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be doing what I am doing now if it yeah. wasn't for those three yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, really, no, 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 that stuff's important. very grateful to yeah. them. Um, and then unfortunately I was when you when you recover I don't know if anyone's had cancer or been through it and um, and everybody has a completely different experience mm-hmm. I've noticed that you talk to anybody and everyone deals with it differently everyone has mm-hmm. a very different experience and that's it's very unique cancer oh sure because everyone's is always very and your treatment plan is always tailor made to you and what you, you know whatever yeah and obviously being positive as well that was all a process and with that, it, you know, immune system and you need your immune system and what cancer does is, what chemo does is it blanks your immune system out, sure. to re, your, your system out to restart it. So it's all very dangerous. Yeah. Anyway, so I've re- in the recovery period, you get played with colds and flus and illnesses because your body's learning to redefend itself. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I went, I started to get ill a lot and lots of chest infections and this was about over a year and a half ago. When I thought I was in a, I was like, I, I got to a point where I was like, everything's good. Had a sinus problem, had a little operation to correct that, but then everything's good. I, I overbeat the cancer. I was directing. I was an associate artistic director at Leicester Square Theatre. I was doing bit, all sorts of projects, yeah. really heavily in the French scene, loving it. Um, Extremely busy. And then I had a wobble, had a big mental wobble, mm. because my life had been about, for years, about cancer and yeah. surviving. And then when it was all done and I got to this point where everything was really good, I was like, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I looked in this void of like, well, what do I do now? And I shat my pants mm-hmm. I got so scared and I had this big wobble and I changed the course of what I wanted to do I sort of all realised that life is so precious yeah. and now I've got to live it because anything can happen tomorrow because one day I had appendicitis two weeks later I had ter- almost terminal cancer yeah. so yeah it was Such very a- quick yeah exactly yeah. two week turnaround um, and then unfortunately about a year and a half ago I started to have severe severe chest infections and pneumonia on mm. top of I had chest infections on top of chest infection mm. couldn't shift it 
and they discovered that one of the chemotherapies had killed off my B cells. This is so much information. No, 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 it's not. And, you're, and your you're, B cells you're making it very clear. So, and your B cells produce your antibodies, yeah, which help you fight when you get a virus, yeah, um, or an infection. Um, so I don't have them, and it's a really and because I have a compromised immune system already. Um, even though I'm what they call undetectable, uh, yeah. I won't go into that right now. But with my HIV status, I'm undetectable, and I would Google that. Go learn something. But no, absolutely, it's really interesting. Um, the whole undetectable thing, and people need to be educated more on it. And, no, completely. Yeah. I'm just going to say to you in a minute when we kind of when we draw things to a conclusion that maybe you might have some. Yeah. If you can think of any websites and things. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Actually definitely. Because I always want to anything that we talk about. And if somebody has some knowledge about it, they can pass on to someone yeah. else. And anyway. just have a conversation. And, and exactly. Yeah, because it helps to educate people and break down barriers and stigma Absolutely. and stuff. Even with cancer as well, people are so fearful oh. of that word. I was so... When I went in, they just went to me, what are you scared of? I was like, um, losing weight, losing my hair and bruises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, well, actually, that's not the cancer. That's the chemo working. Because you only sure. get you, you only like you lose your hair because the chemo is in your system, yeah. so it's a good thing that you lose your yeah, hair. Yeah, but you, yeah, everyone yeah. sees it as a sign of sickness. It's, sure, but actually, it's a sign of getting the better that it's working, well, that the chemo is in there yeah. and it's making your hair fall out. So it must be killing the cancer sure. cells. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, it's not works for everybody, but I'm in general, it was a talk about flipping it and all these preconceptions. So it's good to yeah. have the conversations, and that's why I like talking. No, about absolutely. It. Sorry, um, anyway, sorry, interrupt. So, so anyway, so they discovered this antibody deficiency where I can't produce antibodies, yeah. so it's dangerous. So now I have to, I regularly, I, I was going into hospital every couple of weeks and literally getting, it's, it's, they call it an infusion of immunoglobulin, but it would be like a blood transfusion, is yeah. the best way to explain it. Yeah. Um, but I've got to a point now where I do it weekly at home myself. Yeah. Which is quite tough. Tasking is that what is that a word? Tasking, tasking. Um, yeah, yeah, let's let's go with it. <laughs> um, um, tasking, <coughs> yeah, tricky. But um, the story is, and but what uh, people I'm doing bunny ears quotation marks. People <laughs> yeah. inspirational. I don't feel like I'm inspirational, but people say it, and people say you must tell your story. Is yeah. that what I sort of came to the conclusion of this is like how do you keep going after you keep getting knocked down? Yeah, and knocked down, and with mental illness and mental health sorry I shouldn't say illness mental health being mm-hmm. such a big topic at the moment yep. and I think it's like I always we were talking about this earlier I think it's yep. the final frontier okay, of, of, of talking about these like it, it's a thing that we need to embrace more and accept and when we own up to stuff people see these like, the same with me with the HIV I've been so scared thinking if I have to talk about it I'm going to be um, perceived as weak sure yeah but actually talking about it and owning yep. up to it and wearing it you're actually being strong. No, absolutely. And this is something, and yeah. like we were chatting before, and the thing well, for me is just, just kind of, <laughs> no, 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 Sorry. this is the, um, it's just that definitely with, uh, I mean, we talked about, you know, my, my it's different, you know, it's it's not, it's a d- health, mental, physical, and actually in your case, the mental stuff came yeah. with the physical stuff. Um, and I've had this kind of journey, which, I was afraid to talk about. I'm part of this here. Us sitting here now wouldn't. None of this would be here. I wouldn't even have this equipment. Yeah. If if I hadn't had this slap in the face of and it's life. It's, it's also about taking that breath into in yourself. And even though you're shit scared, yeah. it's going go on. It's like your inner being is going. I dare you to be brave. I I'm terrible. I dare myself yeah. to do things. Yeah. And sometimes I completely retreat. But then sometimes, like with Princess, I was so petrified yeah. of what would happen. And nothing happened. Like nothing bad happened. No. But and it was good to do it. And that's when I was as I was processing this, I was like, I need to get rid of the shame. I, I used to say, you know when your mum or your nan used to say lesbian, we're going, yeah, yeah, like yeah, and yeah. never say it properly. Yeah. Well like, you know what, right, just 
<laughs> She's pregnant. Mouthing. Yeah, mouthing the words. Victoria would always send <laughs> yeah. it in her thing. But yeah. I used to do that by myself. I'd go, I'd be talking in a coffee shop, so they go, well, the thing is, I'm going to do I would, and I'd be like, what is well, that? No, no, like, no, no, you need no. to stop doing that because don't be ashamed. It's happened. You're being looked after. Yeah, yeah. You're looking after yourself. At least I know my status and I can take care of that. I was going to say that's it's yeah, so important. It's all, yeah. And I used to fear it so much. I was mm-hmm. so petrified. Yeah. And now I'm owning it. I'm taking control of it. So it means I'm taking control of who I am and my life. And then, but the mental thing that it did to me, and now. So as I yeah. learned this stuff through Princess, and people tell saying, tell your story, I was like, well, I'm going to have to tell the whole story if I'm going to tell oh, the story. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what would stop me from saying it. And I, the floodgates are beginning to open with me talking about HIV now. The cancer's not scary to talk about, but the HIV, because there's so much stigma. I mean, I've been on dates, and I've brought it up, and I, people have walked away from me. And I've been... Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I had a guy, he just literally got up and left. I had somebody tell me that I was filthy and disgusting oh, on a date. Um, no way. Yeah, but then, because... let's talk about the flip side. Well, yeah, I yeah, had yeah. people go, so the F what? Like, well, absolutely. And people go, are you and an inheritable? And I'm like, wow, you're educated. You know what exactly. you're talking Anybody about. Anybody with a brain. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it, there's that fear. Yeah. I mean, so I, I understand people's fear of of, of of illness and people or fear of them getting ill. And people's fear of, of mental illness. It's the same. It's mm. the same. But like, I don't know because I've been in a relationship for 300 years. But... I can imagine, and I know people who have been in the same scenario, gone on a kind of a grinder, gaydar, whatever scenario, meeting somebody the first time and kind of said, well, I've had a mental, I've got, men, I've had a, I have mental health, um, I have illness, and people have kind of gone, well, and uh, ran away from that. Yeah. It's, it's just being uninformed and... You don't want to be with those people. Anyway. Yeah, usually, usually that it's all born out of fear and scaredness and Scared, education. Mm, and, 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 yeah, 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 being ill-educated on the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's quite strange. So as I was processing, I think and the trigger was the music. That was the trigger right. of someone going, you know it's the anchor to the show yeah. and you should be on stage singing it. Yeah. And you need to own it more because you should be brave because it's great. And you're bonkers. It's good to be bonkers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And put it out there. And also because a lot of people know me from staging musicals or... Um, adult pantomime so dick jokes yeah. so when they came to see it they were like wow you're dark and twisted I love it mm-hmm. and you're an artist it's like yeah because mm-hmm. everyone's so quick to put people in boxes which oh, yeah, you should yeah, never yeah, do yeah, yeah, anyway yeah. or judge you for what you're doing and they can't see beyond that so I was like oh I need to embrace this more and then um, uh, I was like oh and this idea of doing something smaller and a smaller show I thought well maybe I should tell my story and tell it all and I sort of as a, I've, and I've been up and down trying to tell your own mm-hmm. personal story it's really hard Oh God, yeah. Because you have to come to terms with stuff and un- admit stuff. I have to admit that I was reckless. I have to admit mm, that. No, and you have to stuff. own your shit, you yeah. know. But that was what I thought. And I thought, you know, and with the cancer, I always wanted to... I had this idea in my head that I was with the cancer, there'll be this point where I'll be able to close the door, lock it, and it'll be gone forever. And I've realised that it will always be there because I went through it. Right. So I have to embrace it. Yeah. And that's where this... And because they're demons, they're hounds, these things that hound you, they're over your shoulder and people let them take over. And I, what I want to do with them, I'm in this process at the moment and doing the show is sort of helping me do that, is to embrace them and just put them there on my shoulders and go, this is all just part, like I'm bald, um, you know, I'm starting to get grey hair, uh, <laughs> I've got a belly. It's like, it's all, you know, I like steps. Uh, and I'm not apologetic about it. Yes. Um, you know, I actually yeah. secretly like Bewitched as well. Um, <laughs> See, and now it's the real horrors coming. Yeah, the real horror. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Revelation. 
And I love a no, good, no, no. crappy rom-com as much as I love an intelligent yes, documentary. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? So it's all part and parcel of yeah. who you are and your makeup yeah. and your DNA and who you are. Yeah. And I need to sort of, again, I don't have to be, it doesn't mean though I have to go on a crusade and go marching down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I have you're a, doing that by telling the story but yeah I'd, I'd rather do it through art and my voice exactly. that way and allow people to make their own minds from something and I think that's the best kind of kind of art is is you put it out there and let people take and if someone doesn't connect that's fine somebody else will exactly. and if they think that's a pretty dress or they think the meaning of this is because so and so was a tartan in an earlier life and the meaning of this was to do with Freud and well, that's no, fine too and do you people, know what I mean and then people and it's nice if people can and people take their own stuff away and it might not necessarily be what you're trying to say exactly but it affects them yeah and they go away and makes them do to change something or maybe yeah. go out and do the same thing for themselves or whatever it is yeah. some empowerment from that and take that away even yeah. if they're not having the same story as you yeah. not everyone's going to have the same story as any of us We've all got so as people say write what you know so I'm going to do it so yes so you've actually got it's like this weekend, isn't it? So. I'm doing well. I'm doing a gig on Saturday. The 15th this is going to come out before Saturday. Okay, so, so. Saturday the fifteenth of April at two thirty at the Phoenix Artist Club. I'm actually going to do an acoustic gig. It's like, it's like an hour. It's a talent. Like and I'm literally singing. So two thirty Phoenix Artist, Artist Club. Club. Yeah, which is in the West End. In underneath, London. Yeah, underneath the Phoenix Theatre. Yeah. And you can go to my website stuart-saint.com um, or go to phoenixartistclub.com and you can find all the information, or you can just turn up and buy a ticket there. Um, and I'm, I've never performed this music live because it was all pre-recorded. So, but I've decided to do it as an acoustic set. So Amazing. I've got a lovely guy called Matt Bateman, who's playing the piano for me, um, Nigel uh, Thomas, who I've been in several shows with. Yeah. Uh, he was in My Saucy Jack, he was in okay. Musical Menagerie, he, we were in Toxic Bankers together, and Nigel's uh, playing the guitar. Okay. We're actually rehearsing tomorrow, he's playing the guitar for me. So it's, um, and Morgan Scott, who's the rabbit in Princess, he can play the Kahan. So um, he's, uh, so it's going to be the four of us. Oh, okay. okay. And it's going to be so very chill. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. singing selective songs from Princess and a couple of covers that have inspired mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Doing an Arrhythmics cover. Here comes the rain. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Love it. Um, so, yeah, so it's just a little gig to get me out. It's actually me to boost my confidence to get me out there doing sure. it. And then on the 5th Brilliant. of May, I don't think, can I say this? I don't think it's on sale yet, but um, we're going to be doing a scratch night, part of the low down scratch night at Rich Mix. Okay. But, so it should be on sale by the time actually this goes out. Okay. But it's at Rich Mix. It's called the Lowdown, the Scratch Night. And basically a Scratch Night is where people yeah. can do like so, 10, 15 minutes of a skeleton version of their show or a snippet yeah. to get feedback and all of that. Um, but it's not your night. There's several of the yeah, shows performing. So we're going to perform oh, about 15, okay. 20 yeah, minutes brilliant. of Embrace the Hound. And then the idea was to go to Edinburgh, but we've, we've pulled that back and we're now applying to do research and development with it. To so get what, the backers what stopped stuff. you just was it finance money yeah. well as we were shopping around we got a venue we got C venues agreed uh-huh. um, health was one of the issues because I've been going through this well, whole yeah. treatment and the pressure of Edinburgh and we thought maybe it would be the best and also as we were shopping around looking for the money a few people were like you need to think about R&D maybe first mm-hmm. and then because I went on this home treatment mm-hmm. it all happened at the same time myself and my co-producer a lovely guy called Alex Brown he ran Bedlam a couple of years ago yeah, in Edinburgh. Yeah. he's like Alex is amazing um, Alex sort of said because of your health it's not like a back step but maybe we should slow down we contacted C they were absolutely understanding oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so fantastic and hopefully we'll get to go to Edinburgh with yeah. it maybe the following year but we so instead we're going to do a slow process of R&D um, and then and then take it up yeah. Yeah, it's a better it's a better route yeah. and also with 
just with me doing this home treatment at the moment of, of this infusion of antibodies, just while I'm settling down, it's less pressure. Completely. And also while you've got, you've got this period of time to do and you're doing the, the rich mix stuff, and then if you get back from that and then the Saturday thing you can then put that into the R&D yeah. and, and then also R&D we should say also because not everybody's a theatre person is research and development um, it's not a wasp this time it's my phone yeah. <laughs> it's a day full of it I'm isn't just it? going to leave that um, but yes yeah, so you've got those lined up yep. Um, so maybe Edinburgh next year. Maybe. See how it goes. Or London, perhaps. Yeah, who knows? It could be. Because like, we're playing to like Oval House, Shoreditch Town Hall. Oh, so. They all do sorts of different sort of R&D scholarships or grants where they give you a space you can go for a couple of weeks yeah. and actually develop and workshop with no worry or pressure of going, you must have a complete, complete yeah, finished show product. something at the end of the week. Yeah. yeah, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 40 minutes. It's whatever you come up with yeah. to then get feedback and put it in front of producers, sure. PR people, marketing people to and press to see what they think yeah. about your future yeah, yeah. with the show. So I mean, amazing. And there's dancers in it. There's song, there's, there's, I'm having four dancers oh. in the show. I'm singing. Are these people who were in the show yeah. with you? Yeah, um, and Morgan Scott and Lana Avis are going to be choreographing with me as well. I don't choreograph the whole show. I choreograph it with okay. my dancers okay. um, Travis Sumner Jenny Dickey and then um, Patrick Wilde who I've yes. worked with extensively and who I've talked about a couple of times and my dear friend yeah. and that's how we met yeah, yeah. is helping me to write monologues for the show as well because we've decided that we will, it will need monologues to help the story along okay. so Patrick is I love Patrick's writing uh-huh. and we are very good friends he knows my story so well yeah, yeah. so we're going to be working together in some sort of form uh, if you'll be writing right. or guiding me as a dramaturg we're not sure how it will evolve but through this process we'll so see what happens so that part of the R&D yeah, 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 yeah which yeah, is yeah, wonderful because yeah, yeah. me and Patrick have been desperate to work together for a long, long yeah. time so it's been ages since we've done something oh well that's um, I mean it's good to hear that you've just got this ongoing and then you've got time for it to grow. Yeah. And also not to just stress yourself out and just throw you... Sometimes it's great to throw yourself in, but we both know that sometimes you have to kind of do a little bit slower. As, and it's yeah. just about getting older, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, on a holiday. Uh, and I yeah, like going exactly. out. Yeah. And I might want to... We were talking about how how good it is to sit in front of the telly with a cup of tea. Yeah, with your slippers on and your pyjamas or just in your pants, sometimes scratching. It's quite good. We were once edgy young people. <laughs> Still am edgy. Still edgy. But just selectively edgy. Edgy, edging on, edging on the sofa. I don't mean that, do I? <laughs> That's disgusting. That's another show altogether. <laughs> I've been in that one. It was called The Gaydar Diaries. Um, anyway, And then so also, at the same time, I've got to write a new show for Christmas at the last square theatre. So yes, yeah, so let's just, let's talk about Let's talk about that because we've been doing that for years, and and friends of mine have been in it, and I've seen two of them, and you're still doing it. I didn't even realise you were yep, still doing it. Yeah, five years. We do. This is our sixth year this year. London's number one adult panto yeah, I mean, in the God. main house, and we used to be in the studio theatre. That's square theatre. We were in in the main house. We've been in the main house for two years now. So yeah. This will be our third year in the main house. Um, probably people know we did Dick we did Dick Comes Again Bigger Longer Harder yeah. then one of our most successful actually was Sleeping Booty All It Takes Is A Prick <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, from the sublime to the ridiculous I know and then we did two versions of Dick in the main house <laughs> I know at the Lesser Square Theatre but that's where you are for the last two years and, but we feel like the genre was sort of coming back and we feel like we were at the forefront of that yes and we really pushed it forward yes. and feel well it's been sad but you know so I feel a bit like a tool saying it but we've, we've pushed it forward yeah. and everyone's doing it now which is wonderful it's great that the genre's yeah, great yeah, yeah. but it's becoming quite saturated mm-hmm. I said that like <laughs> saturated um, and it's like well what do we need to do to push it further or to you know so 
well, I can talk because it's gone on sale, so I can talk so about it. But it hasn't yeah, been yeah, announced, yeah. announced. Okay. But it, it will. Be, so this is kind of an exclusive. Yeah. But um, if anyone listens this long, <laughs> <laughs> this could be in another. This, I'm afraid, is going to be in two parts. Okay, that's great. But that's okay. So you get two weeks of uh, <laughs> selling things. Um, yeah. uh, we, we've decided to do Trump the Panto. There we go. There we go. And it's going to be a fairy tale, political, um, satirical comedy. Okay. Uh, it's going to be very different. It's still panty, but it's going to be very different. It's still be filthy and raucous and over the line and brilliant. Um, but, um, and hopefully still using our rep company, but we've decided it'll be a mixture of Into the Woods meets Wizard of Oz with all the political leaders. Brilliant. Just put that <laughs> in your head and I'll leave it like that. Just leave it to percolate. And yeah. um, you still got Dusty O with you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, got David yeah, Hodge. Yeah, yeah, David Hodge still doing Dusty O for you only. Yes. Yeah. I and think. again, this will be her. This will be her sixth show with us. I mean, that's seventh actually. You're the sixth to, panto, yeah. to bring bring back the. Bring back well, we work as a rep company. That's how Martin likes to work it. Martin works yeah. at Leicester Square Theatre, and I love that he's old school with that. That m- the majority of the cast now. So Reese Owen has done. This will be his third year. Paula Masterton will be her fourth year. Uh, okay. Ray Brogan, it'll be her. third fourth year she's done three they've all like Lucy Granger it'll be her third year wow. uh, Rachel okay, Bourne her third year and a lot of them are ex-news reviewers as well because I've met them so yeah so, yeah so you've done news review we talked about that and so you've got the Panto news review I mean there's a whole goodness me oh and I wanted to say because I didn't say it before and I was saying going just jumping back to Princess because I have to yeah. because I was listening to it I was looking through your website last night and going through the music and listening to the SoundCloud tracks and for as a recommend, I was going recommendation <laughs> um, for my listeners. The one to go to, all of them to go to. The one I particularly liked because it really did remind me, and I said, of Mark Almond, yeah. the man himself, who I love. Also, is Little Blue Dress. Oh, you love that one. Everyone loves that Little one. Blue Dress. Go and find it. It's about um, a girl transitioning into becoming Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Which also, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Everyone loves that. And there's a remix of that as well. So there's two little blue dresses up there. Okay. So I'm going to go session. Um, so have a look at that one, definitely. But it's on our website, yeah. But it will be, once the gig's over, and hopefully in the next month or so, the actual soundtrack will be on sale on iTunes eventually. The oh, whole perfect. Full so there you go. Yeah. Um, Moscow State Circus. Moscow State Circus? I was just fascinated by that. I'm, so I'm glad we know. Was, but yes. I didn't tell you I was a plane. I played a plane in that. I was a plane. Which was really weird because you had to be. So everyone, all the dancers were clouds. And I because the little prince starts with a guy flying in a plane and he crashed in the salary of a desert right, and right, he imagines right, the little right. prince and the whole story so at the beginning of the show everyone's clouds and I was in a big old suit <laughs> yeah. metallic silver and they flew me around the stage and then I crashed right we had to do this on September the 12th yeah. Oh, no, no. And we've got so many complaints. Oh, no. And we were like, can we just pull the show or pull the scene out of respect? Literally the day after. Oh. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, this is not good. But like, yeah, we did. I am going to be such a figure of hate. Yes. And all I'm trying to do is entertain. I know. And you literally were all on stage again. This is just, it felt very uncomfortable. It's one of the, it's just funny oh, little fun oh, fact for you. Oh, and anybody from my birthday's days listening to that will be like, oh my God. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And we were all just like, I can't believe we got to do a plane crash on the next day after that horrific. Yeah. That's appalling. Yes. Um, so, um, so we've got, yes, Panto. So um, this is my bit where I always go shuffle, shuffle, because I do have a few notes. <laughs> um, is, um, so yes, you I'm yourself, yeah. <laughs> and yes, so you can be found on, I'm sure we can find you on, um, and your profile name is. Yes, no, yes, I'm fine. Um, if you're in proximity. The biggest Nancy in show business. 
There we go. But which brings me to... Are you going to talk about Nancy Delolio? There we go. Because also, I want to talk about Nancy, but I also want to talk about your interviews for Life Upon the Wicked Stage. So you, this is this is what you do, or you, you were doing for a while. Yeah. For um, So it was created by Broadway Baby. BroadwayBaby.com. Yes. Which I, can, I always have trouble with saying BroadwayBaby.com. I always Broadway say slur it. Yeah. Um, the wonderful Pete Shaw, who owns BroadwayBaby.com, we are very close friends, again, Met him through Patrick Wilde, yeah. all the same circle, and who um, I'm working with later this year. Yes, working for. Oh yes, Chinese year. whispers. Chinese whispers. Anyway, talk about I've that. been there. We go talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Pete approached me because a few years ago they decided to sort of relaunch BroadwayBaby.com. Yes. And <laughs> do you think they know the address? <laughs> and um, Pete uh, approached me and said, "I would like you to do a chat show." Well, we talked. It was going to be a column, actually. Okay. And uh, then, uh, and then, right. and then he said originally it was like a column, and then he. It was really funny because he was talking to Terry Pellick at the time, who at that time was being extracted, should we say, from What's on Stage. And all that malarkey, and yes. and they were talking about websites and content and theatre, and this was before everyone was doing those kind of video things. Um, yeah. But I don't even think Broadway World were doing them. No, no. I think we did it about the same time, and then Pete then approached me and said, "How do you feel about doing a chat show, mm-hmm. uh, similar so you can do like a news section and and be Stuart?" Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, I've never sort of done. I did a little bit of presenting. I learned presenting in Butlins. That's where I learned to put it. Okay, okay. And we did a show with Fox Kids. So like, it was kind of like, yeah, that's where I became a Power Ranger." Um, <laughs> of course yeah I was the blue one um, light speed rescue anyway um, <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, so um, Pete said but he's like I don't want you to be rigid or I just want you to be you yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's yeah, why I'm yeah, asking yeah, you to do say, it because right. you've got your personality and I just want you to be you don't you just do it however don't you want to do it, it. Yeah. yeah so uh, to begin with it was very it was a little bit contrived and, and whatever but then we sort of fell into it but what we discovered was it fell into we tried to do it kind of weekly or fortnight but there's a lot of work. It was a two camera format, guests, interviews, news. It was. Say it was quite. We did it on auto cue, yeah, and like yeah. it was a lot. And, and also, Pete would never let me. You know, when I did the news section, yeah. it would be like eight minutes, and he would never let me do it in separate shots. I had to do it in one shot. So I would get to seven and a half minutes, fuck it up, and we'd have to do it again and oh. start at the beginning. He would never let me do it, so, which is great. I got really I mean, good, good at it. good, but practice, but... Oh. Yeah. So um, we filmed it in their offices, their head offices, and we had a, like a little studio. Mm-hmm. Brilliant two-camera format. But what we discovered is this. It became really pop... The first time we did it for Edinburgh is... Okay, I'm going to let you into a secret now. The power of television. We actually never went to Edinburgh, except for the special. But we filmed, we were, filmed it all in July, when everyone was doing their previews. Right. And the first one we actually filmed at the Museum of Comedy. Thank you to Martin Witz for that. And uh-huh. um, we filmed at the Museum of Comedy, and we did the interviews. And then, but we pretended that we, we were in Edinburgh. So when they went out, okay. I wasn't actually in Edinburgh at the time. They went out daily, and everyone was like, "Can you come and interview us?" I'm like, "I'm not there." Not there. But we had this special planned, and we decided that we got approached because um, we used a few different. PR companies that gave us yeah. lots of guests and stuff yeah. and then and I met some amazing people and some amazing comedians and stuff we did a lot of comedians when they were starting out and now they're mm-hmm. becoming like mm-hmm. Dane Baptiste I was gonna say, Nish Kumar people, yeah yeah these people that yeah um, some people people might not know of but who are amazing Lucy Paul who recently did Red Dwarf and Lucy Paul is okay. phenomenal um, Abigail Ayashimar still can say that name now <laughs> it took me ages yeah, well to done. learn it <laughs> um and then um, we were approached and asked if we would like to do, could, would we, we were thinking about doing this one, because Broadway may be doing a thousand review party every year when they hit 1,000 reviews. Yeah. And they decided that we would do this special mm-hmm. inside the Abattoir Bar, which is a really posh oh, VIP yes. bar yes, and yes, yes, yes. part of the underbelly um, with stuffed taxidermy, <laughs> <laughs> which is really weird. Yeah. Um, 
So, oh, yeah. and then we were approaching, would you like Nancy Delolio as your co-host? And Pete being Pete got even camper than me meeting Fatoza from Steps <laughs> and got so excited. So we decided that we were going to do this special with Nancy Delolio. And we were very lucky. We got Glenn Cosby from The Bake Off. We got oh, yeah. Joe Caulfield, amazing comedian. Yeah. Um, even though she called me um, some hideous bald guy on Twitter, <laughs> thanks, Joe. Um, we won't talk about your, we won't talk about your roots though. Um, <laughs> In you go. Love you, Joe. She's, you but go. I still think she's hilariously funny. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know. Did you know she was a staff writer on the original Graham Norton show? It's so Graham Norton. No, I didn't. Yeah, didn't I know, I know. No idea. Amazing. Okay. Um, and then we got Jason Cook. I'd never seen uh-huh. Hepburn and uh-huh. I didn't know of him and I just fell in love with Jason and I actually uh-huh. went to see his show and he was phenomenal and I love Jason he was brilliant Zoe Lyons who I just friggin yeah. adore yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's so comfortable so yeah. we did this kind of two-parter and we also went round the party and chatted to people and we did this sure. special but with Nancy Delolio and that was an experience yeah as a co-host as, <laughs> can, we, can, um, we, can we do that in brackets? I mean kind yeah, of co-host yeah. how, as a, as a, as a yeah, how, quotation mark how was that? Was that? Nancy is the most. Do you know what she gets at such? And it was the year she was doing her show, Diamond Rainbows from Diamonds, or whatever of it was course, called. Of which, course. yes, 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 didn't go down very well. Nancy is a really beautiful person, right? And I'm not just saying that because we're no, no, no. no. I I haven't spoke to her for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. She was so willing to do it. She was really yeah. out of her comfort zone. Yeah. You know, but she was really up to the point where, we, where the afternoon before we did it, she nearly pulled out, and then an hour before we did it, she nearly pulled out. She was so scared. Right, right. So it was nerves. Yes. Yeah. Because also her show as well. She was so nervous about her show. And as much as it didn't go down that great, that woman's bravery mm-hmm. to do what she does and just to sort of, it taught me a lot. Because she's got the eyes of the press on her. They sure, loved her, yeah, then they yeah, gun yeah. for her, and they like her, they don't. But she keeps coming back and she keeps doing her thing. And like, you've got to give her snaps and like, yeah, yeah. A, a love for that. And, and she's say not- audience from uh, around the world, some who may not be as aware. She's Italian. Yeah. She was a lawyer. She was a litigation lawyer. Amazing, very intelligent. Oh, God, litigation lawyer that, in Italy. But she yeah. married Sven Jorik Eriksson, who was the captain, no, the manager, manager of the England football team. And he famously had. He was notoriously difficult as a as a as a manager, yeah. and then he was always in the press. And he then had affairs. That's the was it with Arika? Yeah. Was Arika one of them? Arika Johnson. Feel like it was. I, I can't remember. Yeah. And she was the scorned woman. Think, yeah. So everyone, it was kind of like when Tiger Woods did the dirty. Oh, yeah. It was that kind of. If yeah. anyone remembers that story, but Nancy. But then everyone loved Nancy. But then. I say there was a total of Nancy's bonkers mm-hmm. but I love her because she's bonkers well, I she's think eccentric and wonderful I've her on um, Big Brother Big Brother yeah Celebrity Big Brother and, and she's got a very she thick, really well on that yeah she's got a very thick Italian accent yeah and so her English is a little bit broken mm-hmm. and it's it, it's it's actually it's really sexy her accent mm-hmm. it's warm it's very it's really thick it's like someone's just got a ball in her mouth yeah yeah, yeah. Um, her tongue is but She's so intelligent. Do you know how intelligent that woman is? And everyone gets, thinks she's a kid from Bimbo and she's not. Well, no, clearly. And I didn't realise the, the what she does for the arts behind the scenes, how instrumental she is for causes and supporting, actually with art itself really? more than theatre. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and charities and, and things that she gets involved with. Okay. I didn't know that until I researched okay. more and I was so impressed. But no one ever talks about that, which is really annoying. Well, no, because it doesn't sell it. Yeah. And she did this chat show and she was wearing Tom Ford, which I could have just like bowed down because <laughs> she was wearing this amazing Tom uh-huh. Ford dress. Um, and she, w- she was so much fun. It was, it was the language barrier and... 
So you warmed to it. It was like it was like a, a a gay international version of Mel and Des. Do you remember Des and Mel, Light Lunch or whatever it was, <laughs> yes. Late Lunch. But yeah, it was kind of like yeah, not Mel and Sue, Des and Mel. Do you remember? Yes, yes. In yeah, the yeah, afternoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the new Pebble Mill, wasn't it? Before um, Loose Women. Mel, I can't remember her name, but yeah. Melanie Sykes. Melanie Sykes. Who's going to be the voice on Blind Dates? You know, oh, the there, you go. With oh, a there quick, you go. Melanie, with our quick reminder. Time. But yes, no. So, so she warmed to you yeah I loved so her so you helped bring her you better you helped kind of I ground had to because we were good we had to do the show and she was going to do it and her PR was pushing her to do it I think Big Brother didn't come that long after it, and I think they were trying to forge this sort of interview career or television career for her as a reporter okay. or for something you know one of those personalities that gets involved maybe get on this morning doing fashion or sure. something I think that's what they were trying to forge with I don't know they didn't tell me that but yeah. I kind of got that that's what the vibe was and because this was an internet show uh-huh. it was okay if it was crap do you know what sure. I mean like but it ended up being really good and I'd never done anything with a live audience in it where there was bar and shit going around yeah, me yeah, yeah, and yeah. people passing by but actually it went down really well and I really loved it I'm very well, proud I of watched that. that I watched that particular interview with her and you with Zoe Lyons and uh, who else would you say that we're okay? Dan Cosby yeah, yeah. Jason Cook it was that Zoe, and, Joe, um, and she seems like she's having a good time with you yeah Rather she than... was wonderful and she she wore a t-shirt I, I wore a t-shirt with Nancy I, I got a t-shirt with Nancy <laughs> in sequence and she signed it for me and I actually um, I now work on a show I direct a cabaret show called A Night in Soho at the Phoenix oh, Artist yes. Club every yes, Sunday with Vanity Von Glow and I didn't know that Va- I've been working with Vanity for months and Vanity's this huge Nancy Zalolio fan so uh, I gave her the t-shirt. So she's got the t-shirt. Because she's wow. like, can we get her to the show? I would love it. She's like massively into yeah, Nancy yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's great. Is she still in the UK? Yeah. Still, she does still... stuff. She's got her own brand of limoncello, did you know? <laughs> of course. Just, I heard a lot, I mean, a lot about that. Wow. No, I had no idea that. She's crazy, but yeah. But I, yeah, lovable. Totally lovable. And she invited, like, she did a press launch at um, Harvey Nixon. Is it Harvey Nixon in Edinburgh on Princess Street? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she invited us to that. She invited me to everything while we were there. She was so lovely. So she's a decent person. And, My God, yeah. yeah and not yeah. some. And she's just trying to make a career for herself and doing what she's well, doing, which is like, I, I applaud absolutely. you. Good for you. Absolutely. And she was, I mean, she's so beautiful. Yeah, no, 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 I mean, how, oh, I don't know, I mean, how, how old is she? I don't want to say, she's a lady, old. she's a lady. She, no, no, exactly, she's an old, she's old. Uh, she's older, yes, yes. But she doesn't, I think I noted her age. She's got like, and then went, oh, she days. cannot be that age. Yeah. Because, she yeah, has yeah, an amazing yeah. body, legs for her days, and yeah. like, stunningly yeah. makeup, and yeah. her fashion, wow. Like, I was just yeah. like, when she turned up, and I was like, what is she going to wear? I didn't know what she was going to wear. No, no. And I thought it was going to be something sparkly, and she turned in this really sultry Tom Ford dress. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yes, queen. Chin to the floor, that was. Yeah, yeah, yes, queen. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's, Nancy, that's um, my Nancy so Delorio that's, story. That's your big Nancy story. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell about you my Lady C story in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's like, I mean, oh, I know. I don't the Lady C story was just, I, I was in a bar, and, and I won't name the bar, a member's bar, and she was sat opposite, and I was sitting on my laptop doing some work because yeah. I was reviewing, I think, that year. Yeah. And she was across. And she had her tea, she was doing a tea with Lady C or something. Okay. And she was really bonkers. And she was being the biggest diva ever. Yeah, and I would just, I was sitting there. And I, all I wanted to do was turn my camera on and my MacBook and just turn yeah, it. Yeah. I didn't. But I was so like, this is the most funniest thing in the world. I love seeing that shit. I love the backstage stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully, well, it's all right to have them as long as we don't have to... You don't have to work with them for too many hours. <laughs> I've done That's my time with my divas. Exactly. Like. I've worked with yes. drag queans now, so you can't. I, no, yeah, nothing exactly. can top it. Like, I, yeah. um, so this is the point where, because I'm going to have to to wind up. Yeah. But there are a few things I always ask. 
So anything you're reading, listening to, watching, films, television, or anything that you could recommend to my listeners. Okay, well, RuPaul's Drag Race, love it. There we go. The Crown, I'm a big Netflix. Oh, The Crown. The Crown is a brilliant series. And you know how they're doing that, right? Every two series, they're changing the cast because... No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Claire Foy oh, and, and Matt Smith will only do the next series, which has been filmed now. Sure. Um, and then it August, will change because they, they will have aged. Yeah, yeah, which is brilliant. And Killam Parker Bowles is coming into the next one because oh, it goes into the 60s. Oh, okay. I'm so, I can't wait to get to the 80s. I really can't wait for the wedding, for Diana, the whole Diana thing in it. It's going to be so interesting. And you don't actually have to be a... A royalist or a royal no, because I, I not massively, and I kind of it's hundred million drawn. dollars. Yeah, I know, and it looks it looks it's it looks phenomenal. like a million dollars. Um, House of Cards on Netflix. House of Cards. There's a new um, series about to start in April called Girl Boss, and it's about this girl that it's a true story or loosely based on a true story. It's about this girl that um, would buy stuff from vintage stores really cheaply but have an eye for it and then know that it's a one-off and sell it for like six, seven hundred and then yeah. she crashed online and then because she she got trolled and then she started her own business and stuff so, and, but that I saw the trailer for that and it looks amazing and I believe RuPaul's in it? yes he is because they talk about HPV that's really funny yeah it's in the trailer um, um, yeah any music? Um, music music um, I listen to musicals I'm a theatre queen, obviously. Yeah. I've actually just downloaded um, something rotten, actually. I'm really late to the party. Well, no, no, I have. Um, I'm, I'm not a Hamilton fan, so there, I've said it. I don't like Hamilton. I've said it. Oh, oh. dear, Evan Hansen. I'm not I, I, I do. I am excited about it. I am excited I've about gone, I've gone with it. I've gone with it. I'm, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I like, I listen to a lot of, I, I, I still listen to like Mark Holman, Erasure, oh, yeah, yeah, Rhythmics. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Sheena Easton the other day because I was going to the 42nd <laughs> Street. Um, I listen to a lot of RuPaul because I love his positivity and his music. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. his beats are great. Great for the it's treadmill. even now... Stuff. Gone, he's kind of gone down the political line with the first America. Yeah, it's a good album as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and I'm reading, I read a lot of plays. Um, I'm yes, rereading yes. a play that I haven't read for ages called I Am a Camera, which I'm desperate to direct, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. which was the play that Cabaret is based on. Yes, yes, the musical yes. Cabaret is based on, and it's based on the books Goodbye to Berlin by Christopher Isherwood. Yeah, and I'm desperate to direct that play. I would really love to do it. Yeah, um, so anybody out there that wants to produce. But I am a character. It's a brilliant. The text is wonderful. It's a great story, yeah. and it's the true Sally Bowles manipulating yeah. shrew story. That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. I love. Um, and uh, my friend gave me this amazing book called A Year Living Danishly. Ever heard of this book? Danishly, no. Yeah, A Year Living Danishly. No. It's about this journalist woman that they moved because her husband got a job with Lego, and they moved to Denmark. I was going to say Daneland then. <laughs> Daneland. <laughs> To, to bacon Ryan so, yeah. yeah but they moved and their way of life is very different but it's one of the most happiest countries oh, no, in the I've world and, it's, yeah. Yeah. and this yeah, book yeah. is it, it's a year, her year living in, in Danishland and um, <laughs> it's really interesting the cultural differences but the reason why they're supposed to be happier and whatever and she sure. comes from she's a cynical fashion journalist so oh, okay like so she's come from this very rigid world into this like free loving relaxed kind of slow paced country yeah um, which is very about mindfulness and well being and all of that mm-hmm. and, which is wonderful and I've heard about have you ever heard about Hoogle it's this, peri- it's this period in time and uh, it's in the winter and nobody really does anything and everyone just chills out and with blankets oh, and cakes and okay. pastries and relaxing it's brilliant yeah, sounds good so reading that and the other thing is I'm a massive uh, Laws of Attraction universe 
person and I listen constantly to um, and I read um, Abraham Hicks I don't know if everyone's heard of that okay. it's kind of like the secret but way beyond it okay. um, and it's a really great while, even if you're not into the spiritual mumbo jumbo it just really connects the dots mm-hmm. of going mm-hmm. This is, it, it teaches you about your emotional system and how to recognise when you're feeling a certain way and then gives you some exercises or tricks or things that you could do to sort of flip that. So if yep. you're angry, how you can stop being angry, how you can let go of stuff like that. If you're in a depressive state, acknowledge it, that's fine. But to recognise it and then what you could do to help you get out of that and have a happier and more um, prosperous, wealthy existence. Sure. Well, see, that's what I was going to say is actually, did you have anything kind of... Because I've talked a lot about mindfulness and all that stuff and... And how I've used that to help me. And I was going to say, so that this is the kind of thing I was going to ask you. Do you have a, yeah. a tome, a Bible, a book that you go back to? And it's well, that's, like, it's, it's, that's it's, it's, her, her name's Esther Hicks. It's the teachings of Abraham. It sounds very religious, but it's not at all. Yeah. But it's all about just, they call it your inner being. People call it their soul. Yeah. Some people call it God. It's just about getting in touch with who you are and trusting yourself and listening to your instincts and knowing that's okay. And it's okay to feel the way that you feel, but to recognize it so you don't stay there too long. Yeah, and how to shift it and I really I, I like that and, and then that you could go on to levels about vibration and putting things out in the universe and getting it back and all of that if you want to but just for just a general sense yeah, of well-being yeah, yeah. it just saying. makes sense to me but it's a bit strange because she speaks in a third voice and a few people get a bit thrown by that mm-hmm. but when you get into it it's great She's, she is part of, she was part of the original secret documentary and that's how I discovered her I just like the way that she talked okay. um, unfortunately Jerry passed it's Esther and Jerry Hicks but Jerry passed it on passed on or mm-hmm. croaked it, as she calls it right um so it's still just esther now um but it's brilliant and but what's great is on youtube they have a lot of audio and it's just great just to listen to because you don't have to read you don't have to so take like, you can just put esther hicks and you'll find yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. esther hicks and, and the teachers of abraham you'll find it and just listen to what they say and basically they, they do it lots of conventions and conferences just and they call it the leading edge and it's all about just asking questions if you've got a question ask it mm. and we'll try and help you get an answer or help you find your way so you can find an answer well, yeah, which is... and it's just about provoking thoughts and asking questions and I think that's what life is about and I find that really interesting going, yeah, have you thought about this way of thinking instead of that way and it's like oh that suits me I like that mm-hmm. and, and, it's, and you can take it or leave it yeah yeah, 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 and the other one is—is is I've just I've slowly got into the RuPaul podcast. That's your fault because your podcast. <laughs> I started listening to you, and then oh, good. I'm glad I'm spreading. Yeah, the, and then I started listening to the RuPaul one because there's some backstage gossip, which is brilliant. Oh, yeah. But he's—they just speak. He speaks so positively, and his outlook is—he's got this amazing voice. He's so calm yeah. when you listen to it; it's very soothing. But he just—which apparently I've been accused of two listeners as well. I hope that's you're still finding me soothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay, so, I, so that's that's the other thing that I listen to. Okay. And that's great. Um, and because we did say, uh, do you have to mind any uh, websites or places we can send to people who might be looking for information about uh, if they're worried about any thing that um, or concerned or they have someone in their family who has cancer yeah. or any of those websites well Macmillan is the greatest one and they've got so a massive hotline like go just google Macmillan they've got so much help there I, and again in hospital you know I, I got like Reiki and um, reflexology and aromatherapy from all Macmillan volunteers when I was in hospital it was amazing, amazing. it okay. was absolutely phenomenal like and I'm so grateful for that and it would help soothe through when I finished cycles of chemo you just felt so broken yeah. and then someone come and say would you like some aromatherapy and it was like oh yeah 
it was wonderful. So, so they were within the hospital. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but Macmillan, just to talk about anything, they have yeah. so many support groups. Sometimes, if you've, even if it's nothing to do with cancer, if you, I've just found, because it's um, this autoimmune deficiency I have now with immunoglobulin yeah. inside the antibodies, I found a group, a website, but I found that they've got support groups on Facebook. So I've joined a few groups on Facebook okay. just to, so people are, you don't have to talk, you can just read stuff, mm-hmm. but people are just talking stuff and, and finding that people are going through the same thing as you is the biggest thing. And as much as Facebook is a pain in the ass with everyone's political crap yeah. and uh, opinionated stuff, it's a really great thing to find networking groups and people that are of similar tribes to you sure. that you can go hey this has happened to me do you know what I mean and people's go don't worry you know um, so Facebook's a really good thing for that but yeah, yeah. Macmillan's great yeah. Terence Higgins obviously Terence Higgins and then I, I'm a big thing I'm not an advocate but I've been I, I get supported by a clinic called Ten Hammersmith Broadway which is the same company as Dean Street which is all part 56 yes. Dean Street which is yes. sexual health clinics which are all part of Chelsea and Westminster Hospital so obviously Hammersmith is down in the west Dean Street's in Soho and then they've got Chelsea and Westminster over in Fulham area which is a little bit more south so the whole of London is kind of covered and those if you've ever got any questions about anything sexual health yeah, related if you're fearing anything just they do not judge they are all welcoming mm-hmm. they are supportive the, and then the other outreach networks are all attached to it I was so petrified I came to a point where I knew I'd been exposed yeah. and I, I I was so scared and as I got into it and the support um, I have this most amazing doctor that's, who was my first doctor when I was discovered HIV and he found the cancer and he's been there through everything and funny enough he's called Dr. Scott and every time I'm in there I think Rocky Horror Brand <laughs> Dr. Scott Rocky every time but he's the most amazing doctor and he's at Tan Hammersmith Broadway and he is at Chelsea and Westminster but those clinics if anybody is so f- scared or frightened of anything it's not bad if yeah. it's happened to you but the best thing is to get sorted because exactly. I left it too late and I deteriorated so it's like don't do that to yourself do something about yeah. it as soon as you but can but those are the best places to go and probably to. nationwide and like even if you're probably not from the UK yeah, if you go in and there'll probably be information and links to other places so you're so global so global I like to be worldly yeah um <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, thank Mr. you for Stuart having Saint. me. No, you're very, very welcome. It's been, time. it's been, and it's good. And I've kind of gone. Oh my goodness, we're going to have you back <laughs> to talk for Hazel the Dean. Hazel Dean special. I've got um, some stories, and she's told me some great stories. The day she punched a lesbian at Pride, she told me that story, and I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, I just fell in love with her. She. Hazel Dean is phenomenal and yeah great and she's still going as well I'm sure you can catch her the two brewers in Clapham Junction or like yeah she's about somewhere her and Kelly Wilde is Kelly Wilde Kelly Wilde I think she plays at uh, the Georgian Dragon in Greenwich anyway this ladies and gentlemen is the end for today so thank you so much these are probably going to be two but um, thanks again and please keep listening and say goodbye Stuart Saint goodbye Stuart Saint (laughs) bye thanks for joining bye 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 bye